guys. This is Poncho Moeller. You're listening to Scared Stupid on the Outlander Media. Rest in peace, Zed Hags. <laughs> Scared Stupid. Everybody, it is that magical time of the year, our favorite month of all 12 here at Scared Stupid. It's Halloween month, the awesome, awesome month of spooky October. I know I'm all jazzed up. I'm all excited. I'm happy to be here. Terry, how you feeling? Feeling good, feeling good and spooky. Yeah, see, everybody's in the spirit here. Roswell's got his Halloween costume on. I haven't gotten to get him to take it off yet this year. <laughs> oh, what is Roswell being? He is a cowboy. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's, pretty obvious, Terry. Yeah, sorry, that makes sense. That <laughs> explains the hat and the uh, assless chaps. Okay. He, he is got really it. disappointed in the uh, Area 51 stormers, though. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was only like 100 people. Yeah, I mean, they showed up and took a lot of selfies with the guards. (laughs) I loved the guards' faces, though, that were like, oh, yeah, no, you guys are having a good time. Step over that line. (laughs) (laughs) It looked like the guards were helping them party. Yeah. Like, oh, wow, this is great. (laughs) It's like 100 autistic kids. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine. We're just happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Out here. And it's cold out there. Oh, yeah. In the high desert. Yeah. (laughs) Tell you. It gets super cold at night, yeah. I would not, you would not catch me dead around Area 51. Man, if they're going to try to shoot Jesse Ventura for going in there. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely going to fuck you up. <laughs> but uh, I don't know, they they seemed to, you know, not be too serious about it. Yeah, they they took it lightly, but yeah. it would have been the, a bullet to the head. Plus, first it, plus, like, beyond the gates, it's like another, like, 30 miles to anything. Exactly. And it's, it's probably, not- like, another gate and then, like, another 20 miles. Mm-hmm. So those first row of guards are just like fucking security guards, really. Yeah. <laughs> like they don't even know what's behind the next yeah, gate. Like whatever. There's like six more gates. Like you're not even seeing that. <laughs> I like to think Area 51's not even there anymore. They're, well, yeah. They've just moved it to some warehouse in downtown. Dude, I'm, I'm sure it's not. I'm sure it's fucking skeleton crew. And the way by those security guards were acting, or I mean, uh, right. know, military personnel, whatever. Um, I doubt there was anything going on there anymore. Yeah. I mean, Area 51's been popular since for years right I mean, if there's anything of any substance there then our government's fucking idiots yeah <laughs> they've not just kept that there yeah dude I, there's like three history channel specials on how they moved it to utah so is uh, there yes yeah, so oh is he, i didn't know that. so after those came out i'm sure they moved it from utah so you're already like three steps behind uh, yep <laughs> it's, basically, it's basically a tourist attraction at this point it's like disneyland for aliens yes. dude there's you did i did i when i went to vegas i stopped at the area 51 gift shop Oh yeah, yeah. There's there's Area 51 beef jerky and <laughs> from mutilated cows. Yeah, from aliens <laughs> doing experiments. <laughs> actually, uh, actually read something on that. It's going to be on the next halfle. Uh, oh yeah, Oregon is being plagued by mutilated cows. Really? Um, might be a cryptid. Might be aliens. Who knows? Who knows? Listen to them halfle boys. Yeah, TM do, for yeah, yeah. We do alien shit. That's right. He, Roswell's a big fan of Halfle. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> he tunes in. Well, he's an alien and assless chap, so how could you not be? Um, but back to Area 51, dude, I bet in like 30 years it's going to be a tourist attraction. Oh, Watch. guarantee. They're going to sell tickets. Like, come on, you can tour it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After we have disclosure, they're going to be like, yeah, come back where they originally were in the 60s. <laughs> it's be like Universal. Yeah, you can go down the slip and slide or... You know. <laughs> 
So we got some pretty cool stuff coming up just this weekend. Oh, uh, as always. And I say this weekend, uh, well, well, the date, just in case anybody's listening to this <laughs> past this time, uh, oh. October 12th of 2019. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> this Saturday, we're going to be out in Oneida at oh. the Oneida Zombie Fest. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, the, the uh, curators of the Black Cat Curiosities and Oddities and Outbreak on Main Haunted House are putting on an awesome horror festival known as the Oneida Zombie Fest happening out there at the Oneida City Park. I was trying to plug this the other day, and I said Oneida State Park. <laughs> like, like Oneida's its own state now. It feels like it sometimes. Yeah. It feels like its own world. <laughs> so you cross over into Oneida. <laughs> yeah, those guys are fun. Yeah. Uh, last year, the there was a group of people that showed up dressed like zombie Smurfs. Oh, really? It was like eight of, an eight-pack family. They, they get a ton of people out there for Zombie Fest. I don't know yes. how they do it, but they do it. It's, uh, they it's crazy. They play out and uh, like last year too they had played on the fly because it rained so hard the first few like leading up to it that it flooded the park Mm -hmm. so they had to like move everybody all the vendors and stuff to this walking track yeah outside oh wow but yeah it's great up there they get a ton of people out there they like double their population of the city (laughs) yeah during that day they told me something crazy like that or it's like 50 percent of the population or something like that holy cow yeah because what last year they got two thousand people out there yeah oneida is a small town and this year they've got even more they've got like the big bounce houses and the obstacle courses and laser tag yeah i saw the layout they just posted the layout on their uh uh, facebook page and that was crazy all the things they had oh yeah yeah it was like a shit ton of fun the uh i know that the wrestling it's going to be back this year. Oh, hell yeah. It was there last year, but it's going to be back and even better this year. Is it the uh, CreepyCon guys? I think so. Yeah, the We Fight Strong. That's what's up. Yeah. They're, I, they're pretty cool. Yeah. This, they seem like a great group of guys. Yeah. So, and Zombie Fest is going to be off the chain, yeah. hosted by yours truly. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will be your monster of ceremonies. Yeah, they uh, posted a picture from me last year uh, yelling at bikers with a megaphone. Yeah. I was, yeah. <laughs> that sounds like fun. <laughs> And I had my microphone in my other hand, but was holding the megaphone. Yeah, it looks like you were yelling, Rob Zombie is a zombie. (laughs) He deserves to be here, too. (laughs) Rob Zombie's still a zombie. It counts. It still counts, you guys. I did. I I had somebody do my makeup last year. It was Scary Mary's dad. Do you know Scary Mary? Yeah, I think so. Scary Mary's awesome. She's that little girl that, like, reviews Halloween stores. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. She, yeah, she's precious. Is she local? Yeah, she's, well, uh, I think they're in, like, La Follette, like, out in that area, but still, it's The Tennessee area. Yeah, (laughs) Tennessee area, and she's awesome. If you don't follow Scary Mary, go check out Scary Mary. For sure. Yeah, but her dad did my makeup last year, and then (laughs) Daniel. Yeah, you looked like a a guy from The Purge. I look like King Diamond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out what that was. I I look like I joined this black metal band for the day. Yeah, it looked like the end of A House of Thousand Corpses. That's why I said the Rob Zombie thing. Plus, if you ever see Chris perform me. Yeah, if you've ever watched me perform. Definitely inspired by a certain fella. It's like watching a (laughs) coked up juggalo run around. (laughs) Yeah. He's got his frayed jeans and his, yeah. there's a fur jacket. I was like, what's that? P. Diddy meets Rob Zombie. What's going on? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's before last year at CreepyCon. That's before we really knew each other, Terry. Yeah, And yeah, you just yeah. kind of saw me drift over. That's right, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's when we were on the other network. You came over to our booth. Yeah. Yeah. I was just fun. like, hey, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> 
So we've got some pretty awesome stuff going on on this episode. For sure. Got some sick interviews coming up with Tom Woodruff Jr., Poncho Moeller, and the Devan clan, Jason and Heather. Hell yeah. Not the Devon clan. Yeah, we cleared that up. Yeah, we cleared. Just for you guys, (laughs) I cleared it up. Because the the news lady, okay, I watched an interview of this. Dude, I watched like five interviews and there was no consistency whatsoever. And I was like... And they're such nice people, they don't correct anybody. I was like, I was getting all bird, man. I was like, you best put some respect on their name. (laughs) (laughs) Get that shit right, dude. (laughs) It rhymes. It's Devan Clan. Devan Clan. (laughs) The Devon Clan. That sounds so pretentious. Get together, newscasters. That's your job. Do a right. Do a little bit of research. You're just as bad as that guy that he he mixed up uh, Forrest Whitaker and Samuel L. Jackson. Oh. What about that guy in Good Morning America that asked Jamie Lee Curtis what it was like getting chased by Jason? Yes. Oh, man. There are times that I'm so glad I'm not certain people. Dude, she was just sitting there looking like she hadn't had that, her Activia that day. Like, what the fuck did you just say to me? Dude? She had Activia that day. But, uh, yeah, we finally got Poncho on. Yes. It's been a goal. It, it has. It's I've still, talked about him since, I think, yeah, episode one. It's definitely one of the white buffaloes, and we got him on. Yeah. Just got one more to go. The great, we've got the great white whale left. <laughs> yeah, Moby Dick. Yeah, I'm, I'm Ahab up in this bitch. I'm coming for you, Rob Zombie. Coming for fifty k downloads. That's right. There's fifty thousand downloads that these people An need episode per I bet episode. You'll get there, brother. I will. I just need Rob Zombie. <laughs> yeah, dude. Just gotta go up the line. Oh yeah, and we'll get there. You know, we're slowly surrounding ourselves with all his friends. Yeah, that's, that's all it takes. That's how you do it. <laughs> So, let's talk about our first and most favorite segment. Oh, yeah. Terry. Okay. I would like to introduce you all to a fun segment that we like to call the Mythical Monster of the Month. And that was him. <laughs> Who do you think it's going to be this month, Terry? Uh, I don't know. Have we done all the coffees? No. <laughs> no? And one more. Yeah, the big boy, right? The main boy. No, there's two more. Oh, there's two more. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Sorry, the OG daddy. That's right. Oh, It's not OG daddy. The cryptid OG. We've had Mothman, uh-huh. and the Skunk Ape, and Thunderbird. the Thunderbird. That's right. So, y- any any guesses? Um, I'm hoping uh, that guy right there, Dog Man. The Dog Man? The Dog That's Man. who you're putting? Yeah. Well, Terry, you're wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I worked really hard to put this together. Uh, I made you this card to let you know you were wrong oh, this month. Thanks, buddy. So, the frills and the glitter <laughs> on think, it. I think I've been wrong every month. Yeah. <laughs> this is the first time, because last month you but, said, don't ask me next month, because I'm going to know. Yeah. I'm like, no, you're not. Oh, shit. Not now. The yeah. mystical monster, mythical monster. Yeah, see? That's what you, that's what you get. <laughs> Give me prizes for being wrong. <laughs> the mythical monster of the month is mm. the Jersey Devil. Oh, yeah. That's one of my favorites. Oh, dude. yeah. Hell that's yeah. one of my favorite X-Files episodes is yeah. when they chase the Jersey Devil. Oh, they, yeah. That's right. I, I got to watch that one. Mm-hmm. The Jersey Devil has so many iterations, too. Yeah. Like, it's either like this fucking like weird big-ass raccoon <laughs> Or it's like literally the devil on a skyscraper. Yeah. Like there's like there's so no many inter- different variations to what the Jersey devil is. I <laughs> uh, see. I've heard that it's like a flying half kangaroo, that's half right. horse yeah, that's with a, bat wings. I said raccoon, but yeah, yeah. that sounds cool. Yeah. 
Raccoon no, there, there was this movie. There was this movie. It was produced by WWE Films. Was it called The 13th Child? I don't know, but it was about the Jersey Devil. Mm-hmm. And it was just like this big fucking raccoon in like <laughs> in like in a gully suit. It was like a raccoon in a gully suit. And I was like, what? I remember this. <laughs> Let's see, was this movie produced by <laughs> WWE? Is that a Jersey Devil movie? Yes. Is it good? It's called The 13th Child. Is it's it? That's one of our creature features for the day. Ooh, okay. Is, so, yeah. So yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. touch on that, but I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. <clears throat> um, because, like, back in, like, when I was a kid, like, I lived in upstate New York, and the big okay. thing was, like, a... There's this guy in a devil suit that would just like stand on top of buildings in New Jersey. And it's like, it's the Jersey Devil. It's like super realistic. I bet I can pull up a picture here in a minute, but you guys should definitely look that up. Like, yes. It was crazy realistic. And that's what I always thought the Jersey Devil was because that was the thing when I was growing up. And then people told me it was like, yeah, like kangaroo, horse, whatever. Kangaroo thing. horse. Yeah. I was like, in New Jersey? Really? You think New Jersey has mythical beasts? Like, just <laughs> what? Well, the way it came into existence, mm. there's a lot of act. There's actually a few different uh, iterations of how it came into existence. My favorite one is based off the Thirteenth Child. Mm. Um, this uh, Mother Leeds, because if you didn't know, it has also been called the Leeds Devil. Mm, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <clears throat> so the reason for that, uh, this woman named Mother Leeds had, uh, she was pregnant for the thirteenth time. She had her thirteenth child. And this was in the 18th century, oh, wow. New Jersey. So uh, par for the course in the 18th yeah. century. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I was like someone's got to build all these buildings. Somebody's got in this industrial revolution where you, <laughs> they pop out and go to work in the coal mines. That's true. That's what, that's what life was like back then. <laughs> well, she was so uncomfortable during her 13th child pregnancy. You'd think it'd be a well, yeah. breeze. <laughs> I don't know. I have. I can't I speak, on can't that speak on that at it's, all. It's so. either a breeze or just terrible. Just, I see. It, apparently, this was terrible because okay. she screamed out, "Let this one be a devil!" Oh Jesus! And <laughs> apparently, that's what happened. It popped out as an average baby and then morphed into this hideous winged beast that slaughtered the mother and then flew out the tree. <laughs> see, that's a raccoon. I told right, you, that's, that's a fucking <laughs> raccoon, dude. <laughs> It's like a big goat giraffe. Yeah, we're pull, pulled up the sketch. We'll, we'll post it on the Scared Stupid page. But yeah, dude, that is a kangaroo horse. That's a ugh. What is that? Yeah, uh, it's it looks like like it's got the head of Jeffrey the giraffe from Toys R Us. Uh huh. Yeah, and then it's got <laughs> like, then it's got a horse body. Then yeah, horse body with like the skinniest legs got, ever. Got, yeah, and they're like uh, inverted. Yeah, for some reason. And then he he has front hooves, but he only walks around on two legs. Yeah. So what is the purpose of your front hooves? <laughs> dude, this is some mutation from all that G- Jersey pollution, dude. Yeah, in the 18th century. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Is there a Jersey Devil Festival? Is there? Right. Well, we're going. Yeah, if there sure. is, we're going to it. Uh, I can't find that other picture of the Jersey Devil, but I swear I saw it on Solved Mysteries. <laughs> The Jersey Devil is uh, like it, it eats animals and children, and mm-hmm. sometimes if, it'll just fly into houses and kill families. And, oh wow, that's fun! Yeah, no, <laughs> the Jersey Devil is by far like one of the most intense <laughs> cryptids. It looks like, but it looks like a fucking uh, Saturday morning cartoon character. It does. It looks like something you see on Sesame Street. Look at that thing. <laughs> like it should be named Pokey. Yeah. It looks like a Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> Look at that face. Does that face look like terrifying a... to you at all? <laughs> it doesn't. It's got like a little smile. Yeah. 
that's going on. How did, that's not a devil. <laughs> no, it's got like a bun on its head too. It's yeah. not. That's not even a horn. How did it even get the devil name? Like wings. That's the only thing. Wings in its little pitchfork tail. Oh, okay. That's no. what it is. It's the little pitchfork tail down there. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know what pollution, bro. Pollution. <laughs> it's just some raccoon that got into a bunch of shit, and someone's seen it, and now it's like the Jersey Devil. <laughs> That's what all these are going to come down to. It's just raccoons. It's raccoons. I swear to God. <laughs> it's always been raccoons. That has haunted me my entire life. Is somebody <laughs> told me that that Wendigo was just two raccoons standing on top of each other's shoulders. <laughs> That's hilarious. Ancient Native American legend. <laughs> yeah, of raccoons. So it's like, no, it's just the chief was on peyote. And see, who's this big? Like, I know you guys. Yeah, can't that's, see that's this terrifying. Oh, yeah. What the? Oh my. <laughs> that's what. That's we the, gotta post that picture too. Yeah. It's, it's a weird New Jersey. That's the source. It's, it's got. <laughs> it's like it? Mr. Ed teeth. <laughs> this one has deer antlers for some reason, <laughs> and it has hands. Yeah, this that one's one has got hands. hands. It's got the. Three three finger hand, you know, one less than standard animation. Okay, so I get the the, the hooves as well. That's supposed to be like befalment. All right, yeah, I got that. This this picture's a little bit better, but that face, the face. Look at those, those horse teeth. Like, <laughs> oh my god, the like Mister Ed the Demon, Mister Ed the Demon. What is this one's got a face here? Yeah, that one is. Oh, travel, travel channel, channel. search of monsters. Yeah, travel There's channel is what's up. We're gonna have to post uh, when you listen to this episode. We're gonna post uh, yeah. all three of these in order that we just talked yeah. about them, so you'll know that one's legit terrifying. That's a devil. That yeah. is Satan incarnate. Right like there. Travel Channel did it. They <laughs> like we gotta make this shit scary. We have to at least make it scary. Um, but I'm so mad I can't find this picture of this devil on top of the building. <laughs> I swear Mandela effect or something. That's all it is. It's <laughs> Jersey Devil. Here's <clears throat> oh look at the oh. Whoa. You think that's real? Let's see. I don't know. Prince of Pine Barrens. I don't know. That's, mm, there's an awful big, we'll have to post that video link too. Okay. Yeah. There's a, there's a link to some, some, some video car footage of yeah. the Jersey devil. People seeing it. Ooh, spooky. So you got to get out and you got to hunt for the Jersey devil. <laughs> that's, I mean, people have been seeing it as early as, as recently as 2015. Mm. A man uh, in Galloway claimed to see a llama-like creature mm. spread out its leathery wings and take flight above the golf course. No. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Charles was just out there playing golf, and this big leathery llama took flight. That's terrifying. <laughs> so, so Mama Leeds and her 13th child, you know, popped out the Jersey Devil. That's... that's that origin story is weak, dude. That, right? <laughs> well, that's why it has like three. Oh, yeah, that's what I figured. I like, yeah. People are like, no, I don't like that one. Here's how it actually Yeah, happened. like this this Leeds family that lived in New Jersey. She just <laughs> she, had so many kids. She had way too many the kids. The third she was just like, fuck it. Just let it be Satan. Just let this one be the devil. Yes. And it was. <laughs> it was. And it haunts us to this day. So this is the Leeds family connection to the Jersey Devil legend likely had far more to do with politics than an actual demon. Oh. So the Leeds Devil is just like a politician <laughs> from just, back in the day. It's like the first lawyer ever. <laughs> it's like his fucking devil, dude. That was the first evil on earth was a lawyer back See, in the 18th century. I believe that. If you tell me there's a lawyer in New Jersey called the Jersey Devil, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> That makes perfect sense. <laughs> See, here's the picture I keep seeing of it. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's like a. a I don't. I don't a, even know. It's the, like a the dog yeah, dinosaur like a, devil. It kind of looks like the thing. the hell dog, the demon dog, devil dogs from uh, yeah. Ghostbusters too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but it's so stout. It's so, <clears throat> I'm, like, if I saw that, I would just laugh. It's so short. Right? It's so small. <laughs> but apparently it'll fuck you up. I guess. So, but also, so will a bear. Yeah, but also will a bear. <laughs> so it's like, I don't know. That, Shit, squirrel will fuck you up. <laughs> Walk I mean, up on it too yeah, quick. a fucking coyote. If someone was drunk. <laughs> Just got, you know. That's what it all goes back to every time is there was a lot of peyote present yeah, and not a lot of time. At least for me, I mean. <clears throat> I Too know. much time on people's hands. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess you can say the same thing about UFOs, but. Yeah, but those are real, right, Roswell? <laughs> well, yeah, man, how do you explain him? We have an alien right here. According to the U.S. Navy, they just came out those three videos. <laughs> That's right, they're the, real. They did. They had to come mm-hmm. out. That's like hilarious because it came from the Blink One Eighty Two guitarist. Yes, Tom DeLong. <laughs> it's like he's like re- UFO Research Center or whatever. Tom DeLong's UFO Research Center. Like, like the U.S. Navy is bowing down to the guitarist for Blink One Eighty Two. <laughs> like this timeline is so fucked up. What is happening? Yeah, dude. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Like Billy Ray Cyrus, Billy Ray Cyrus just won a BET award. Like, what is up with this timeline? <laughs> What's happening here? And he dedicated it to Nipsey Hussle. Oh my God, I didn't know that. <laughs> There's like just shit like that. I'm like, who would have thought? Who would have been like? <laughs> That's the kind of like biff bets people make. Like you go back in time with your almanac. <laughs> Bet you in 2019, Billy Ray Cyrus wins a BET award. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> the, the achy breaky heart guy. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, a lot of weird shit going on <clears throat> yeah. in the world today. So who knows? The Jersey Devil could be real. Maybe. It's possible. Yeah. Anything's possible. This is another one we're going to have to put on the list right. to do a hunt for. You know, uh, the cryptid things, you know, I you know, do say it's just drunk people a lot of the times, but uh, it, it comes from, you know, solid evidence. I mean, we have proof that something like Bigfoot existed. I mean, if you're right. accepting of, you know, scientific evolution or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but there's def- uh, gigantic pithecus and all that stuff. There's definitely been things like this yeah. on this planet before. And if we, you know, know anything, I mean, we saw have alligators and crocodiles and they've been around since the dinosaurs. So yeah. it is plausible for something to be out there Absolutely. From, an- from ancient times that once existed. That's why I don't want to discredit does. anybody no, or no. anything. Cause yeah. I don't know. A lot of them are hard, though, because yeah, a lot of them are some of them are tough. It, I, I think it's the stories that people build yeah. around them that make it, right. like, tougher. That's true. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of weird shit out there. You never yeah. know. You never know, bro. So, to you this month, the mythical monster of the month, the Jersey Devil. Ooh, spooky. It's the first one we haven't had in studio, because <laughs> that's too dangerous. Well, this show's not over yet. Yeah, the show's not over yet. I tried to book him, but his people are taking forever to get back with me. <laughs> Apparently, he doesn't leave the state of New Jersey. Yeah, only takes bookings in New Jersey. <laughs> so we're going to be sorry. doing it. You got to come to us, bro. <clears throat> yeah. Jersey Run 2020. That's yeah. where we're going. He's afraid of flying. Yeah. <laughs> he's got what? wings. He has wings. doesn't use them. <laughs> he just walks around on his back feet. <laughs> right. His little cloven hooves. <laughs> <laughs> so now I think it's time to go to the master of the creatures. Ooh, yeah. I mean, yeah. The master of the monsters. The master of monsters. For sure. The father of fear. I mean, yeah, this man has literally built the entire cinematic universe that (laughs) crafted my childhood in horror movies. Well, I mean, it is October Pumpkinhead, one of the most iconic Halloween creatures out there. And original. Yeah, probably maybe the most like strictly Halloween monster. Yes. Not like a a Jason or a Michael, but like a monster. Yes. Pumpkinhead might be the top one. Oh, yeah. 
for Halloween just monsters. Absolutely. Yeah. It fits the it fits the mold perfectly yeah. with Halloween and you've got the, the perfect backstory with it with the witch mm-hmm. and it's not like just on the loose mm-hmm. either. It has a purpose. It has right. a set thing that it's going to do. And right. it does that. Everybody else is fine. Right. And that's what somebody you'll hear in the interview. He'll talk about a uh, pumpkin head's personality and things like that. The personality that the creature had. And, uh, but not, a, not a lot of monsters are based in Halloween because, right. um, the monster you can put in any sort of setting. So mm-hmm. it's easy. So people make movies cause Halloween has specific things that you can only do for Halloween. So not yeah. a lot of people do a monster Halloween movie, but I think pumpkin head's probably one of the. Uh, the biggest one and definitely one of the first it has been it is for a long time been one of my favorite oh for sure halloween movies of all time so without further ado the sfx master himself the creature performer extraordinaire mr tom woodruff jr welcome back everybody to scared stupid i'm as always your host chris bell and joining me now is none other than special effects artist, master creature maker, and creature actor, Mr. Tom Woodruff Jr. How you doing, Tom? I'm good. And ironically, I also am scared stupid. <laughs> so this is a like this is a good fit. This is a win win. Right. For all of us. For all of your listeners. For all the listeners, this is the puzzle piece made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Tom, thank you so much for coming in and meeting with me today. You know, because you're totally in studio, and this is not a phone call interview. <laughs> no, it's 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 not, and not a, and not. Wait, sorry, I got to put another quarter in the slot. Absolutely, which will, which will only be funny with your audience to the members age fifty five and above. Right. Yeah. People are like, I What's... think that's probably that's probably just me. Yeah. <laughs> no way, no way, man. So, Tom, you have had. I think this year is your thirty years in the business. Right? Yeah. Well, thirty years for our company, ADI, the company that Alec and I started. But yes. But I had spent five years before with uh, Stan Winston and learning firsthand everything I could about about the Stan Winston way of making monsters and doing business and and making friends out of uh, out of people and you know a lot more than just you know how to how to sculpt and paint. Right. And I, I know I, that you kind of drew your inspiration. You you kind of became fascinated with it with uh, Ray Harryhausen with the uh, yeah. kind of Clash of the Titans style big monsters. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, it. it uh, that was that was starting even even before that. Even before I knew who Ray Harryhausen was, I knew who the Universal Monsters were. Oh yeah. And that. I mean. I mean, literally, no exaggeration. I was probably about six years old catching this stuff on tv you know and and, and oh, yeah. most people today are amazed when you say yep we had we had three channels that's how lucky <laughs> we were <laughs> not one not two but it's funny because you think three channels it, it, it was it was almost impossible to ever catch something you wanted to watch you you were pretty much kind of condemned to just sit there and flip back and forth till you found something that they wanted to show you right so wow what a huge a huge advance we've made Oh yeah, yeah. So, so you know, Universal Monsters, and then <laughs> Famous Monsters of Filmland magazine, and that's where I first saw about people like Ray Harryhausen and Rick Baker, and and uh, of course Stan. Oh yeah. So, uh, speaking of the Universal Monsters, Tom, who is your absolute favorite Universal Monster? Well, my absolute famous Universal Monster is the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh yeah. My uh, my favorite all time. Universal monster actor is, you know, Boris Karloff. Oh yeah, good, good double answer. 
Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you for bringing that back in. And with the Creature from the Black Lagoon, that is my favorite Universal Monster. I have a huge Creature from the Black Lagoon poster hanging up in my living room right now. And, nice. And oh yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at it right right there. It is there. It is see? there. It is. I'm yeah. seeing it right because I am actually here at your place. Yeah, you're here with me. We're just chilling out on the couch, not <laughs> just having a conversation. That's right. With the Gill Man, and see, you got to breathe a little bit of life into your favorite Universal monster. I got very lucky on the Monster Squad because I finally, uh, you know, again, like. You know, when you're a kid and you see something like me, uh, like monster movies, and you're you're really drawn to them. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't I shouldn't speak for all kids. For me, <laughs> it was okay. I got to do this somehow. I got to be involved in this some way. There must be some way I can get from Pennsylvania to Hollywood and make monster movies. And then it's like, wait a minute, I'm not stopping there. I want to wear monster costumes. I want to wear gorilla costumes and robot costumes. And so I'm pretty much had my life planned out by the time I was seven and a half. And um, <laughs> like most of us, of course, we all knew <laughs> no, where we were going. No exceptions, no shortcuts. Yeah. Um, and, and, but, but you know, you're absolutely right. It was, I, I still think I will still, you know, throw my, Creature. I'll throw in all my Universal Monster movies around this time of year, so I can get through them all before Halloween. But oh yeah, I still think the the, the Gill Man. I still think is so cool. There's just something about. Uh, well, it was it was so expertly crafted. You know, it's simple when you look at it. It's obviously yeah. a guy in a suit in right. terms of just looking at it. But there is there is so much simplistic detail, like just this the scale patterns, which which again, you know, just the pieces of, of the suit and castings and stuff and right. it's not like it's not like it's not like poured over like every detail that's enhanced in a sculpture we would do, for example, for uh, creatures. Or, or certainly it was certainly less less prolifically detailed than what Matt Rose and Steve Wang did on the Gilman for Monster Squad. They they took, you know, as they do and as as most artists do today, which I didn't do when I was working as an artist for Stan Winston. But the, the level of detail is, is you know, it's, it's exquisite. It's it's more of, of an art piece than the original Gilman. But the original Gilman still stands on his own because uh, oh, yeah. because of the story and the time. And, and there's something just about that dead-eyed, fish-like stare that, yes. um, that made it really creepy. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it goes into also, though, you have to have someone that knows how to bring life to that character. You have to have someone that is skilled enough to be able to make the movement, I mean, down to the walk. You have to have your own walk as a creature actor, right? <laughs> I'm laughing. That's so fun. You must have you must have read that somewhere, because I just mentioned that recently, somewhere in an interview, and, and they were saying, well, what was it? Were, were you were you afraid to play the Gill Man? You know, because there's so much resting on your shoulders. And I thought, wait, really? Uh, but I do remember the first time I put the suit on, I'm thinking, yeah, this is cool. I get to play a creature from the Black Lagoon, and everything's cool, everything's good. And then somebody at Sam's shop said, well, have you, have you figured out how he's going to walk yet? And then I suddenly, now I suddenly felt the pressure. I thought, wait, you mean the creature has to have a walk that's not going to be Tom Woodruff's walk? I thought, this is, this is anarchy. I can't, I can't this make this is work. anarchy. <laughs> it's like, that means there must be a special way I have to raise my hands or turn my head, and, and I'm way in... I'm in hot water now, man. I'm never going to be able to get out of this. But um, it was just—it was just a momentary panic, and after that, it was a—it was a blast because Fred Decker, you know, directing all of the monsters, and and uh, and he's a—he's you know—he's an aficionado of all of the original Universal Monster World kind of stuff. So it, it was great to get you know get coaching from him and, and, and get a level of directing from him that made me feel very 
Right. Well, you know, I, I know I have heard you say before that on like builds and stuff, when you bring a new creature or a new design to a director, that you'll bring them like one really over the top one and one kind of boring one and then some in-betweens. Do you do you do that with your uh, acting as well? Do you kind of play around with it like that? I started to. I've, I've become much more comfortable as an actor because I have been doing acting recently. It's like been without wearing, having to wear animatronic heads or right. forty pound suits, which which is which is great. I bet That's good news. But um, yeah, yeah. I think you know you get older and and you kind of been through so much in your life, all your life experiences, and I think those become the things where they kind of they kind of peg the excesses in in one end and and the other end. You kind of find that. You're always kind of. I'm always kind of looking for that sweet spot in the middle where I'm not over the top. Whether it's whether it's whether I'm talking to somebody or whether I'm trying to work on a film or writing whatever whatever I do. Right, you, you try to find that spot where where you feel like you're doing everything you can be doing, but you're not burning yourself out. And that was something that that Stan Winston was really uh, uh, keen on handing down to all of us that that were working at the shop in those early eighties. Uh, right. Is that it's important to have a have a love for the art, but also have a respect for yourself, your physical self, so you're not you know killing yourself at the beginning of a schedule. And right. You've got a kind of it's it's a it's a marathon. It's not a it's not a uh, oh you know that other oh one. yeah the other one. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not it's, it's not, not a sprint. Uh, it's not a sprint. Thank yeah. you. You'll edit out all of this. I was go- I was gonna let you just suffer for a minute with it before I can. <laughs> That's so you Stan Winston uh I mean what a great grab to, to hook up with basically yeah. right right from the get go I I know you did Metal Storm first off Wow yes yes I did <laughs> That was that was numero uno and then bam you're right into Star Trek with with the start, with Search for Spock Yeah and then Kablamo we're doing Terminator like, yeah. Well, there's one. There's one more. When I uh, when I left Makeup Effects Lab, they uh, you know Metal Storm was done. There was nothing else to do, and I was I was suddenly shocked because I was like, oh wait, I thought this was going to be a full time job, and uh, <laughs> and I was kind of like wandering for a couple of weeks, and, and literally yeah, I put my name in at a temp agency. I thought oh, I don't no. know how do you play this game, and <laughs> and, and luckily um, I had met Tom Berman uh, a couple of times in the previous years when I would travel out to L.A. for. Uh, a couple of weeks or once I went out for the summer with a friend and so I met him and and he had uh, he had a project so he invited me over so and that was great because you know the the, the Tom Berman history being being part of, of John Chambers a key part of John Chambers um, creative crew coming up with the look of the original uh, Planet of the Apes but then right. that fantastic stuff in the 80s like uh, you know Island Dr. Moreau and Prophecy and and uh, uh, food of the gods. I just think of all this great, um, great stuff that was coming out of the eighties. You know, just the oh, parts yeah. of all the all the practical effects stuff. So, so yeah, so that was great. So having those two films with him, and then and then uh, Stan, you know, I was I was off again, and and, and some of the guys I had met at Metal Storm were just starting over at Stan's, and then yeah, you're right. What it was it, Whammo or Blamo? Uh, <laughs> over at Stan Winston's working on Terminator. Right. <laughs> so when, what kind of, what led up to going from doing something like that, putting in your name at a temp agency, and then working for Stan Winston? Um, it, it was, again, it was those, it was it was a, a, a low point followed by a high point. Um, 
as you as you would expect, right? Because you right. Know, Stan was the uh, Stan was the master, and um, it was just the right time. You know, people always say that it, it's a it's a mix of being in the right place at the right time, but you also have to have enough talent or enough skill absolutely to, to make that timing work. Because I've seen it. I've seen it work. I've seen it not work. I've seen people have a great opportunity, but they're not really ready for that opportunity. I've seen people that are ready and the opportunity doesn't come. So it's a, it is a weird, it is a weird mix. Right. So you go from Terminator, you start doing stuff like Predator. Um, I, I did notice that you worked on a movie right before Aliens called Invaders from Mars. Yeah, and yeah. you, Toby Hooper, yeah, Toby Hooper action. We are a big fan of Toby Hooper here. <laughs> yeah, he was a great guy. We've uh, we, stuff. we've gotten to hang out with old uh, Bill Mosley and John Duggan a couple of times now. Some Toby Hooper fans. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. So, did Invaders from Mars give you any inkling into Aliens or anything like that? Did no, it was. I mean, it was. Um... In, in terms of the projects, we were we were in the middle, or a little past the middle, on on building the uh, the Martian creatures for Invaders from Mars mm-hmm. when when uh, Cameron came back and and started Stan on Aliens. So we were splitting stuff up in the shop. We had Invaders from Mars stuff going on, and we started working on Alien stuff. I think the first thing I started working on was the egg. I had just because the moles didn't, or we didn't have access to the mold. I don't know if they existed or not from Giger's shop, but. Uh-huh. So I started recreating the egg, and then I was recreating the head. We did get a casting of a of a Giger head, which uh, an alien head, not his head, obviously. Right. But, uh, but uh, <laughs> to be able way to, you know, start start charting that out, and um, <laughs> and then as things kind of progressed, uh, part of the crew, I, I was with part of the crew. Then that, that packed things up and, and headed over to London. Alex stayed back, and he was in charge of the crew, including going on set and operating the the big Martians, which were these big, tall uh, creature suit performers walking backwards, holding on to ski poles with a little person strapped to their back, <laughs> operating the little arms and operating the jaws with their feet. It was it was ridiculous. It, I, mean, I mean, in a good way. Right. You look at the drawings and, and Stan said, here's what we're going to do. And it's like, yeah, okay, that's crazy. I've never seen that done before. So let's just do it. But uh, it almost worked. I mean, look, I, no, it worked at a certain level. It Absolutely. wasn't tough. It certainly, it certainly wouldn't be. Uh, it, it certainly wouldn't be a good film to look at. Say, this is why we need practical effects, and not CGI. <laughs> it's exactly the opposite. But, um, but no, it was cool. I mean, it was daring, and it was cool, and, and aspects of it did work. <laughs> because of you, now I'm never going to be able to look at an alien the same way again without seeing a little person strapped to a tall guy's back. <laughs> you know, you want to have, and you want to have real fun. I don't think you can do it as well with DVDs. Well, because it's not as smooth. But with the VHS, when you would play it in reverse, you suddenly see the uh, the uh, big guys in the bottom walking straight, right? <laughs> it's all in reverse. It looks like they're escaping with a little person strapped to their back. <laughs> they're easy that way. Oh my God! So you have created. I mean, so did your studio uh, amalgamated dynamics? Did they specifically create the graboids? Was that yes. you all, that yeah, was that you was all, all. that was all us? Yeah, that was actually Alex and my uh, our, our first feature. That was uh, the we very first at. one. Yeah. Holy cow! And I mean, yeah, where did started. that idea even come from? <laughs> like, where um, it was? It was pretty much we generated it. You know, it was um, it was a good team. It was Gail Hurd who 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 had tremors, 
and uh, uh-huh. and of course we went to back to, to Stan first because he had done the Terminator and Aliens, which right. were Gail Heard productions. And Stan, you know, thankfully said, "I'm I'm really busy right now, but go see Tom and Alec. They just set up their own shop." So Gail uh-huh. came over and 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 got us started, and we did drawings and tried to find that balance of a graboid that didn't look too phallic. You know, like I did, right. I did one drawing <laughs> that that was really creepy. You know, because uh, I don't get into too much detail about the. The, the horrific uh, um, view of a, of a foreskin. But, <laughs> but Chris, I think you know where I'm going here. I know exactly and, uh, where you're going. <laughs> and so I did this, and I thought, well, I can't make it look exactly like that. So I changed some things around. I made this big, thick, like, callous I mean, speaking for myself, I don't Right. I, I had this big, thick, callous skin, and this weird, like, a pupa kind of look in the middle. And the, the note was that uh, Gail said she passed it around to the office. All of the... Um, the female on the staff all started giggling, and they decided it looked it looked too much like a penis wearing a sweater. <laughs> but but then of course I had the last laugh because um, because when 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 Amazon took off many many years later, I sort of cornered the market on penis sweaters, which is why I'm a wealthy multimillionaire today. <laughs> so. Go going forward a little bit more. Um, you're working on Jumanji, yeah. and here yeah. you're doing more animatronic style kind of deals instead of like puppetry, right? Yeah, that's right, right, right. So, and then before that, you did Mortal Kombat. You were Goro in Mortal yeah. Kombat. Yeah, and 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 that's an interesting point because because that was I mean that was a that was a super complicated. Um, animatronic thing to come up with the animatronic build was was more complicated than anything i don't anything that anybody had done at that time and and i'm not bragging to say you know it is what it is and and it was sort of put upon us by the producer to say look this is how much time i have and this is how much money i have and i wanted to be a performer with animatronic arms and an animatronic head and so we were working on really what was was kind of a, a, a narrow um goal to be able to you know usually it's a battle you either have the time you need or you have the money you need but when people when somebody comes up and says look here's something that's never been done before it's got to be designed it's got to be successful it has to be done in this much time it has cost this much money right. it's amazing that we that we created what we did i think just from the point of view of of being totally dedicated to and there were a lot of, of seven day weeks and a lot of late late nights but it turned out cool, and that was something where we actually really combined puppetry with animatronics because our animatronics uh, uh, for the arms were operated by this this uh, the, a telemetry system, which is basically a sort of a loose cage that that the puppeteer would wear over his upper body, and it oh, had these cool. potentiometers on every joint. So, and th- and that was read by a computer, and then fed into the Goro suit that I was wearing. So, uh-huh. when this puppeteer would lift his arms. Goro's upper arms would go up in the air. They basically would do whatever this guy performed. So I, I decided my arms underneath, you know, my my, my monster suit arms uh-huh. were much more fluid and quicker and stuff. So I figured my my point in terms of a performer then was for me to match what the upper arms could do. Because if the upper arms were, you know, working at a maybe a B plus level, not an A level. And if my arms started doing A, like if, like if the upper arms are just trying to struggle to hold on to something, I can't take the lower arm and start playing piano. Right. I've got to make it all look like it's one one integrated thing. So, And that helped enormously in terms of making a real character. 
And, you know, there there again, like we were saying with the Gilman, it takes a very professional person to be able to step into roles like that and bring it to life in the proper way. Especially like something like Mortal Kombat, where it does already have such a fan following from the games, and now you have to bring that character to life. Yeah, and, and you're right. And and, uh, and it's great to have fans because, you know, there's going to be people, you know, turning out to see the thing, but the double-edged sword there is that is that fans are very possessive of of the things that they love right and um, and 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 it is a, it, it is a real trick to make sure you're delivering exactly what what all of their various hopes are going to be oh yeah you you created one of my favorite monsters which is pumpkin head oh i'm so glad to hear you i love and people ask me they say I'll bet it's hard. This is probably like choosing your favorite child, but what's your favorite monster? And before they get the question out, I just blurt it out. No, my favorite is Pumpkinhead. There's, there's no there's no question. It's uh, oh. it, it, it was perfect in every way for me because it was, uh, well, it was me and the guys at the shop. We've become really good friends, and we're doing a lot of stuff on the weekends, and Stan's directing now, and, and, uh, and he says, guys, I want you to design it. I want to concentrate on the directing. You design it, send me drawings, send me pictures. I'm not, not even going to be in the shop. And we're designing this thing, and I'm going to play Pumpkinhead, and I'm going to be on set, and Stan's going to love it, and, and, and we're making this great monster. And, and yes. Stan knows how to direct um, knows how to direct movies and, and make monsters work. So that was, uh, that was, that was an incredible experience that, that enveloped everything that I loved about as a kid thinking or dreaming that I want to go there and make monsters and wear monster suits and be in monster movies. And that, that did it all, all in one place. Well, I mean, Pumpkinhead was such an original monster. It wasn't a rehashed like werewolf or Frankenstein variation or vampire. It was its own thing. It, Pumpkinhead yeah. was his own entity. And just this kind of smart ass side that Pumpkinhead had to him was like, when he smashes the girl's face through the window at her friends and like holds her up there, like, "Hey, look at this!" <laughs> like, yeah, that, right. Just that kind of influence that goes into it can, I feel like, can only come from the maker. Like, who better and, to play this character? Well, and that's cool because that's that's what we all kind of figured gave gave Pumpkinhead extra depth, right? It's it's not like. Um, it's again. It's not like like you, like you put it very succinctly, right? It's not like another version of Frankenstein or another version of a werewolf, you know, where where it's just a monster on the loose kind of thing, and, and it's yes. almost it almost becomes like a like a like a natural disaster, right? Like a right. Uh, like a tornado, you know. Well, I don't know where the tornado's going to hit me, but I'll try to hide in this basement, Bingo. as opposed to a character like Pumpkinhead that's got this kind of duality to him, where where he's. You know, he catches you and think, oh, crap, the monster accidentally caught me. But he didn't accidentally catch you because he's going to use you to torment other people. Yeah. And I think that was Scott. I love that. Even the uh, the whole thing with the uh, – he chases uh, 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 Bunt, you know, the, the, yes. the little hillbilly guy into the uh, – into the closet and he looks in and he's looking around and then he just pulls the, 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 the clothes out of the way, pushes his face right down. It's like it's like he wanted to give that kid a moment to think, oh, I got away with it. And, and yeah. Like, no, you didn't. You, you totally didn't. didn't. Uh, that was great. <laughs> I love that stuff. I love that about the first Pumpkinhead, which, which I've never seen the other the others that followed, but everybody said, no, they, they had nothing at all to do with the first Pumpkinhead other than the yeah. look of the creature. That's literally it. I mean, in, you can tell that right there, like what I was saying, it takes a certain person and who better than the creator to play it. And then they tried to have somebody else do it, and it's just not as good. 
It's well, in in many ways, I mean, you know, from your lips to God's ears, I, it, it, because I've I've been I've really been uh, pushing. I, I, you know, they mentioned they talked about a Pumpkinhead reboot years and years ago. And uh-huh. Time goes by, nothing's coming, and I'm trying to get integrated into the company that owns the right to Pumpkinheads, and the rights were available at one point, and then they're not. And then I heard they have the script, and it's all this back and forth thing. And, and I, I, I just, you know, I've been fighting to try to have a real conversation because I want to direct Pumpkinhead. I don't want to play Pumpkinhead again. I've done it, and and and, uh, and I'm not the same person I was, you know, 30 years ago. But right, but. But I could direct the shit out of that movie, <laughs> you know, because the story I want to do is is an origin story, and it and it builds on everything that is that is what Pumpkinhead was in you know in the uh, in the late eighties. And that so would be a it's great like it's thing. Got that trajectory, and, and again that that whole all, you know Pumpkinhead is a character. He, he's going to have all these different levels and all these these different uh, characteristics. He's not. He just can't be a monster on the loose. Right, because he has a mission. He, there's a reason Pumpkinhead came back, and I would love to hear the origin story because that is something that's never been done with an original character like Pumpkinhead. So every one of every one of your listeners that are listening to you and I that are sitting right here on this couch talking right now. Yes. <laughs> every one of your <laughs> listeners, do what you can. Call Hollywood one eight hundred. No, I don't know how. To, I, you know, I don't know how this works. Obviously, obviously it's, it's, I'm not ringing the right bells for these producers, so maybe this will make the difference. I, go, I heard you. I heard you on on Chris's podcast, and and hell yeah, here is here's the keys. You know, take it over and go, go, go ahead, crazy. Take Pumpkinhead out for a spin. <laughs> Let us see what you come back with. That would be great. I. I'm going to push as hard as I can <laughs> to get you the keys to Pumpkinhead. Well, that's great, and I'm going to do what I can do to, to stop slamming Pumpkinhead 2, 3, and 4. <laughs> <laughs> I keep worrying every day I'm going to pick up, you know, go online and look at the news. Quentin Tarantino to direct Pumpkinhead reboot. <laughs> like, really? Oh, son of a bitch. Why couldn't I be as big as Quentin Tarantino? <laughs> I think you should be, though, because you are solely responsible for creating and piloting most of the most beloved monsters on screen. Well, thank you. I, 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 and again, again, not bragging. I, I, I'm real proud of what, what I've done. You know, I've spent my, uh, spent my, my formative years uh, in Hollywood and, and, and doing, doing some stuff that I'm really proud of and doing some stuff that had to be done just to pay the bills and um Absolutely. you know it's not like every movie's going to be a hit but but man i've been lucky enough to be on a lot of them yeah you've had quite a few and some recent ones too i mean it's not like you're you're old school in the game and you had your heyday and like you you are still going strong you worked on annabelle creations and it chapter one and even most recently godzilla king of the monsters yeah, it's been a really long. It's it just it just keeps going, and I'm uh, very thankful for that because because I just feel like I'm 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 still hitting this stride where we there there are still new things you know, you think think oh everything's been done by now, um, right. but it hasn't. There's always there's always some kind of a new spin, some kind of a new twist you can put on something, not for its own sake, but just to keep it from not becoming what the what the audience has seen and what the audience's expectations are. Right, because everybody goes into movies anymore with expectations. Nobody can go in and just enjoy a movie anymore. Right, right. It's, and for better or worse, I mean that, that that started to get weird to me. You know, years ago when when uh, you know some of the some of the news Monday Monday morning news was uh, talking about the box office returns. <laughs> so, you know, it's like it's like as if they were as if they were baseball uh, stats, and it's right. like 
that really took it to a to a new level and uh, you know the, the, it's just weird it's all numbers you know to the to the studios uh, right. and and to the audience it should all just be you know <laughs> fun you know spending two hours exactly. you know, having a good time in the theater right doing something that you know taking your mind off whatever's going out there in the world come in here and just sit down and shut up for two hours and enjoy a movie <laughs> yes exactly right so you, I, I see that you're also working on Godzilla vs. Kong, which they kind of obviously set up for in King of the Monsters. <laughs> you think? Yeah. Like. <laughs> they should have called it. They should have called it Godzilla King of the Monsters before King Kong. Before King Kong. <laughs> so yeah, that's going to be a tricky one because um, because Godzilla is established now. He's so well established. He's so huge and. Mm-hmm. King Kong, even in Skull Island, he was bigger than than what we recognize, you know, from the early movies. Right. And the De Laurentiis, um, let's just say remake. Um, Absolutely. But a piece of remake. Um, but besides, besides <laughs> a piece so, of so remake. Kong, so Kong, I, again, the script wasn't sent out. I don't know. I don't know if they're just going to, you know, coast on the audience's expectations because you know. Uh, uh, a, a 300 foot tall Godzilla is, is pretty much going to pummel a 50 pound, a 50 foot tall uh, King Kong. So right. I think it's going to be curious. But but again, all of the, the you know all of that stuff was designed. We had there's some other creatures that um, that, that Legendary Pictures invited us to to, to design. And, and again, it, it was nothing that we were ever going to build in our shop. But there's still that that design responsibility, you know, and that that uh, uh, design uh, excitement of of coming up with something new to, to fit the director's story oh yeah so do you think they'll ask you to play kong when it's all uh, said <laughs> <laughs> oh hey wait, wait wait that's funny because i did i did ask him um on uh, on uh, godzilla if because i knew by then it's all cgi i said right. what about this performance capture you know what better way for a for a uh, a, a 58 year old actor and it, <laughs> that just kind of <laughs> fell on daddy deaf ears i just didn't <laughs> I mean, I thought, oh my God, these guys! Yeah, right here, here, the, the, the bitchings of an old man. But I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, these these kids today and their fancy motion capture suits. <laughs> Back in my day, Goro Gor weighed 120 pounds. <laughs> you know, seriously. What do I, I oh like, my these God! Guys, these guys, like, oh, you guys have it so easy. <laughs> When the Andy Circus comes to town, he just puts some dots on his face, and there you go. Uh, <laughs> but it's great. I mean, seriously. Oh, I got to tell you, as a makeup artist, the last Planet of the Apes was was excellent with that that that, that CGI uh, Andy's work. Yes. Uh, and, and and Steve Zahn's work. It's like you could see you could see. I mean, I've been able to see Andy Circus when he's been playing Caesar. And 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 to be able to see Steve Zahn when he was playing that other champ, that that, that was absolutely uh, delight delightful, you know, in terms of performance and art. Right. How so many I'm times? Not, I'm not one of those. I'm not one of those guys that, that throws rocks at the computer. You know, I, <laughs> I, I totally I totally embrace it when it's done right. <laughs> so, how many times have you played a gorilla? Um, yeah, you know, I'd lost count only not because it's in the, you know, stratosphere of numbers, but I've just kind of, I'm, you know, film wise, uh, it, Hollow Man was our first gorilla. And then, uh, and then Zookeeper was the, uh, the second, the second iteration, a new gorilla for that. But we've used both those costumes in a bunch of TV commercials and TV shows. Um, I think one of the, one of the most fun ones because it was so popular was uh, two and a half men 
uh, we did a gorilla for two and a half men and oh. uh, a, a TV show with Kathy Bates called uh, Harry's Law and and all that stuff is fun to walk onto an established TV show and, and fit in as just another you know another character um, and, who is a gorilla but but still has a character and has a backstory <laughs> and all that stuff's been cool. Well, that's nice. To, I, I was going to ask you if you've gotten in a fist fight with Andy Serkis before for playing monkeys, for, <laughs> for taking your monkey roles. <laughs> no, no, I haven't cause, <laughs> because he's, because he's, got, he's got Peter in his corner. He's got Freddy. Right <laughs> no, no, the guy, the, uh, the, 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 the gorilla I've got in my targets is that, is that damn gorilla zoo, or go, gorilla glue gorilla. <laughs> The gl- <laughs> gorilla glue. I think I, could, I, I think I could take him down if I have a chance. <laughs> that is a formal challenge. He's funny. I met him once. I met him once at a show. He came up to me. We were out here at Monster Palooza, I think, out here out in Burbank. And he came yeah. up and he said, "Hey, you know, I'm a I'm a gorilla super performer. I'm the I'm the gorilla glue uh, gorilla." I said, "All right, all right, sir, step back five feet." <laughs> you men to make a ring around us <laughs> and then we got two of those weird ass star trek props that kirk and spock are always fighting with and yes we're swinging those around and i cut his i cut his shirt and oh. and that was pretty much over see why there needs to be worldwide nude footage news footage of that not nude footage <laughs> we don't <laughs> yeah Back to the Graboids <laughs> with the penis worms. Yes, but, I know, no. yeah. <laughs> uh, right now, I, mean, I, picture, I picture your younger audience so, right, sitting around the dinner table like, I heard the funniest podcast today. <laughs> and just getting their parents are all in alarm. And then that's just about the time when the Pumpkinhead producers are saying, what the hell? Let's let this Tom Woodruff guy try. Uh, wait, what was it? Here's a letter from some parents. That, oh my God, this guy's not right for pumpkin. Yet. This guy's. He's. <laughs> we need someone with morals to to lead pumpkin yeah. head. Someone with someone with morals who can keep their mouth shut. <laughs> that doesn't say bad things about us. <laughs> so, Tom, where can people find you? Where can they look you up? Where can they follow you? Yeah, the, well, there's a couple of things. First off, to, to look up stuff, we're um, uh, we have our YouTube channel up, and it's it's just called Studio ADI. So yeah, go to YouTube, go search for Studio ADI, and you'll find our channel. We've got hundreds of videos. We have over 40 million views. It's like wow, it's just so it's so um, it's so welcoming to know that there are generations of fans out there that weren't even born when we started this work, who just absolutely, they're very vocal about their love for practical effects and, and makeup and animatronics and puppetry and, and stuff at the expense of BGI. And we're also the, the guys that will do these different um, uh, videos where we're talking, you know, we're saying like, uh, on behalf of what CGI can do, CGI allows us, you know, to 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 enhance things and make things better. So we're trying to we're really trying to play play you know kind of level the playing field. Right. But we've got so many videos there, and um, and and then in terms of of something, and we've also started putting our own private projects up there. You know, when we're not doing film stuff, or but we don't have anything that that has just hit home video, which allows us to then show behind the scenes stuff on on YouTube. Yeah. Where I'm on Instagram under uh, uh, it's Tom underline Woodruff Jr. and I'm throwing a lot of personal stuff up there as well. You know, just just weird kind of you know 
rambling kind of coming up with 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 something new and something different to do but until we get another another call for a, a some kind of an effects creature job heck yeah well tom it has been awesome sitting here with you today on the couch chatting it up yes. and talking yes it has would you would you tell the people the listeners out there in listener land that they should listen to scared stupid oh scared stupid seriously chris this has been a this has been a blast because you know um it really is the host that kind of kind of kind of guides things and makes things work kind of like 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 the director of a film right like yeah. like when i'm directing Pumpkinhead. that's right um, but no it is you are the host and you, and, you, and uh and uh i think you know for all the all the messing around there's some some real information that, that gets out there and oh yeah and uh and it's always great to know that that um, the fans have a place to go to like scared stupid to hear some of the, the backstory and some of the information and and hopefully in a way that's that's fun i just took all the fun out of it by explaining it did not no not at all today <laughs> here's the way you have to run your life let me tell you <laughs> Oh, well, thank you so very, very much for being here with us today. And My pleasure. Thank hopefully you. maybe we can set something up again in the future and yeah, talk again. That, Great. Yeah. Once you see, uh, once you see Pumpkinhead, uh, Pumpkinhead Origins starting it, then you'll know that, that it worked. I'll be like, yes, it worked. <laughs> the prophecy has been fulfilled. <laughs> Good, man. So thank you very much, Chris. Hey, thank you, Tom. You have an awesome night, man. Thanks. You too. Bye. See you, buddy. Scared Stupid. Hey, hey, welcome back, everybody. How did you enjoy that nice Tom Woodruff Jr. interview? Good stuff, right? Tom is a great guy and a new best friend of mine. <laughs> he was a great interview. He really was. One I of mean, my favorite. Coming all the way down here to hang out with us oh, yeah. in studio. In studio. <laughs> we sat right here on the couch together, did that whole interview. Yeah, dude. He brought the alien head. It was dope. <sighs> I fucking love Tom Woodruff Jr. <laughs> he put it on halfway through. It was like, ooh. Ooh. <laughs> fucking alien. <laughs> that is terrifying, Mr. Woodruff. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> He is, man. He he has been one of my favorite interviews. Uh, <clears throat> Absolutely. Mentored by the great Stan Winston, man. Oh yeah, the legend, OG. <laughs> All right, so I think it is now time in this awesome month of October Ooh. to give people something that they can, you know, go home and watch uh, with their loved one during this spooky month. And I think the best way to tell those people what to watch this month is uh, with a little segment, Terry. Mm-hmm. Little segment we like to call Creature Feature. That is right. Just in time for spooky, spooky October, I have a fun list of movies for you to watch at home. That's right. First one up on the list, we touched on it just a little bit earlier, The 13th Child. Yes, to cover some more of your cryptid appetite, get a little bit of dose, get a little dose of The 13th Child. It centers around the Jersey Devil. So, uh, the synopsis of the movie is, For 250 years, a towering man-beast with wings and razor talons has been snacking on humans in the forest of New Jersey's Pine Barrens, Hmm. where investigator Christine Tatum is sent by district attorney to get to the bottom of a recent rash of mutilations. Once there, 
Tatum meets eccentric recluse Shroud. Yes. So, so there's a guy living I've in the woods. Been the Jersey Devil for years. It's that yes. character. <laughs> yes. And I got to tell you, man, it was good. It really is a is great it? movie. Is like, it new? It's uh, 2012. I think 20 uh, 2002. Oh, 2002. Yeah, it was on uh, discs and streaming in 2003. Oh, nice. So uh, yeah, I have to check that one. I think the one I was thinking about was called The Barons. The it, Barons. It okay. reminded me whenever you said Pine Barons. I was yes. Like, and it had uh, the one dude from American Horror Story season one. The father there. Oh, uh, yeah. Mark Harmon. From, yeah, I yeah. can't remember his real name, but yeah. every <laughs> time I see him now, I'm like, aren't you supposed to be crying and jerking off in a window, Mark Harmon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it had that guy, and it was like a WWE film. Of course, man, WWE. <laughs> it was terrible. They produced the weirdest movies. It was almost as bad as their Leprechaun reboot. Oh, no. Did you see that ever? Yes. Oh, God. Of course I did. <laughs> But this is a good one to watch. The 13th Child. This one's actually pretty spooky. I think you'll enjoy this one. I've always been looking for a good uh, New Jersey Devil uh, movie. Yeah. Sounds like I'll finally get one. Yeah, this one touches good on it. I I like it a lot. Movie number two to check out, The Fun House Massacre. Okay. Hey, there's been a lot of movies where people show up to the haunted house. Oh, no, the haunted house is real. Yes. The whole plot of this movie. Haunt by Eli Roth just came out. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Not hating on it. It was pretty good. Yeah, go check that out. It was uh, a movie that's been done. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it happens. Right. Funhouse Massacre, they uh, they basically uh, let out a group of the world's most dangerous serial killers. Hmm. Oh, is this the one with all the icons? Yes. Okay, and they <clears throat> try to do like a um, Expendables thing? Yes. Right. They all come in and like take over this haunted house. Yeah, okay. And I got gotcha. Each uh, each room has actually been built specifically based around mm-hmm. the killers. Mm, they thought okay. this was be, this would be an awesome haunted house, so they had different haunt right. actors dressed as the actual serial right. killers, and then gotcha. the actual killers show up. And nice. It's it's really good. It's Is one it? that I actually went out and ended up buying. Okay, because a lot of people have attempted this Expendables <laughs> of horror icons, and yes, a lot of people have dropped the ball. But I'll have to check this one out. You, it's good. It, like I said, it's one that actually made me go out and buy it mm-hmm. to put on my shelf. So nice, nice, nice. That's, yeah, I mean Robert England's in it. Yeah, Clint <clears> Howard. Clint Howard. Nice. It, it's stacked out with awesome horror uh, Courtney celebrities. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, I watched the. Something similar to it. It was like this museum for serial killers out in the desert, and okay. then they just like came to life. Like all the serial killers came. Was to that life. Death House? What? No, maybe, maybe it that, might have been the movie with Kane Hodder, where yeah. they're all on like LSD and horse tranquilizer or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It might be that one. Yeah, they're in like a mind prison. Yeah. That one's pretty cool. I watched so many of those uh, like weird, like indie budget films in the. Early 2000s, late 2000s. I'll tell you a weird indie budget movie that had no business being made. Oh, yeah. It's called The Begotten. The Begotten. Okay. Okay. I put this movie on at one of my Halloween parties in my bedroom as a way just to keep people from going in the bedroom. That's hilarious. (laughs) It looks like this grainy old movie, but it was made in like the 90s. Okay. And the whole premise of this movie, the whole plot of this movie is... Like, Sun Earth is one of the characters' names. Mm -hmm. It starts off like someone kills, this woman kills God. Okay. And then God, she jerks off God's dead body Mm. and then rubs his load into her, like... 
mm-hmm. stuff, and then has Sun Earth. So that's Mother Nature. She has okay. Sun Earth, and Sun Earth is this weird, like cerebral palsy, shaky okay. thing that comes out. Huh. And these monks show up, and then they kill and rape Mother Earth. And then they like wow. set Sun Earth on fire and bury me. It's just the weirdest. I think I've, I have heard of this movie because <laughs> this has been yeah this has been on like lists and stuff right. I, like yeah, the weirdest. I had to go back and look up like what the movie was about yeah. because I had no idea. There's no talking. There's no right. There's That's nothing. Right. In okay, it. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely heard of this movie. I remember seeing clips of it one time. It is the most scarring film I've ever seen. <laughs> Sounds like, I don't know, sounds like someone had a rich daddy that wasn't home a lot. Oh, God. So, yeah, don't... It, def- it sounds like some L.A. art house. That's exactly what it looks like. me shit. Like, go go watch that if you want yeah. a good... Jesus Christ, what was that like, movie to watch? Gosh, she's gonna fucking jerk off God. Yeah, dead so f- God. <laughs> That's the thing. First, she, well, first she's gonna kill God. She murders God. fucking dead. God is dead. Just like this fucking town. <laughs> ugh. Yeah, ugh. Uh, you can 100% tell that's who made that movie. Oh, well, for sure, dude. That was <laughs> definitely being sh- being like on a projector in an art exhibit somewhere in LA. Yes. I guarantee it. That's why I put it on in the room. Like, yeah. just so people don't go in there. Right. There's nothing in there you want to see. <laughs> Trust me. The Begotten. The Begotten. Oh, so if you really feel like it, go check that out. But or don't. Good so. Lord, yeah. I w- you won't hurt my feelings. <laughs> One that is good to check out, though, is uh, actually written by our one of our interviews for the evening, uh, the Devan clan. Oh, yeah, there you go. They put together Along Came the Devil 2. Okay, sequel to Along Came the Devil. Mm-hmm. Along Came the Devil 2, absolutely awesome movie. Mm-hmm. It premieres October 11th and sure also is. goes video on demand on Hulu October 11th. Nice. This is ser- like I, this is this is one to go watch, guys. Mm-hmm. Seriously, these people are really nice. Mm-hmm. Like I, I loved talking to them. They seem like really just got a lot of heart in what they're doing. They're working with their family and that's sure. really awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. Along came the devil ones on a uh, Hulu right now. So you guys can watch that and then video on demand, uh, October 11th. And, uh, yeah, we got the take a sneak peek. It was really good. Yeah. I um, love all these sneak peeks that yeah. we get to see. That's fun. That's been fun. That's it has been. One. And now we've been invited to the premiere Ooh, in Atlanta. That'll be fun. Yeah, so we'll All be the there stars. right before Zombie Fest. Yeah, dude, making big moves, bro. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so definitely get out. Go watch Along Came the Devil 2 Hulu video on demand when it comes out. Mm-hmm. October For 11th. Sure. I'm not, I'm not sure which one's uh, liked more, the first one or the second one. Right. Um, I, I know I enjoyed the first one, but uh, CK said like the second one was his favorite. He just, uh, from Geeks Inherited the Earth, he just interviewed Mark Ashworth. Yes. And uh, Ashworth has a big role in that. He plays, yes, he like, does. Um, uh, he plays the father. Yeah, yeah. And he was comparing it to like Jack Torrance from the book. And I can definitely oh. see that. I can definitely see that. I mean, if you watch the... If you watch uh, Along Came the Devil 2, um, you can tell Jason takes a lot of inspiration from the classics. Um, Absolutely. Definitely tips his hat to a lot of the classics in the movie. So that's like a great aspect of it. Oh, yeah. And we actually touched on that some yeah. where, he, you know, a lot of the classics like Dracula and mm. things like that, that you can really see the shots mm. that he right. 
It, it's definitely, um, if you're a fan of The Exorcist or The Shining, you can definitely see the influence that this had on yes. him as a filmmaker because it definitely gives you that sort of feel with the the uh, cinematography. Absolutely. And that's yeah. another thing, awesome cinematography. Mm-hmm. Talking to Tom Woodruff Jr., awesome practical effects. Right. Yeah, that's when uh, I had awesome practical effects as well. And uh, yeah, I believe on the interview they talk about their uh, practical effects artist. He yes, was on, they uh, do. He was sci-fi. on, yeah, sci-fi he was on face-off. A Face-Off. Yeah, yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah, the, the great practical effects. Um, yes, because we love practical effects here <laughs> on Scared Stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the first one had great practical effects as well, uh, along with a little bit of CGI, which was really good for, for an indie movie. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, this is do- obviously, you know, top of the line indie movie. Yeah, this is a top of the line <laughs> indie yeah, yeah, movie. But, this but, is Lionsgate movie. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, definitely, definitely worth checking out. Two great films. Oh, yes. Two very great films. And another great film that I think we've almost beaten you to death with, but we can't keep it down. It came back from the dead three from hell. It's almost like it got rejected from hell. Yeah, it got rejected. Like some type of devil's rejects. (laughs) That got sent back to the podcast. Yeah. It's back again. Three from hell. Back in theaters October 14th. One One more day to see it. One night only. He gave you three days. And this time he's given away another, like poster and a bumper oh. sticker and you get like a 30 minutes behind the scenes well look they <laughs> made their money back during that three days so yeah, everything else did. is profit so i'm sure they're pretty happy right now oh yeah so hey. not, so, so everything in theaters for october 14th that's straight profit oh yeah um anything video on demand straight profit mm-hmm. and then when they sign that streaming deal which you know is coming probably with prime oh yeah, oh, yeah. boom because so, that's who has all his other movies. Right. They did that with 31 mm-hmm. on the uh, Shutter Prime thing. Um, so uh, you'll be seeing a lot of a lot more Rob Zombie movies coming up the pipe because oh, yeah. <laughs> this one was definitely a success. It was so successful. I yeah. loved it. And just like I said, I told you to mark my words that I would mm-hmm. be one of the first people in that line <laughs> to get one of those posters. Oh, yeah, you were. Yeah. Oh, yes, I did. And Mr. Rob Zombie himself used a photo of me. Oh, I forgot about that. In man. his collage of... Yeah. I was scrolling Instagram and I like girl squealed. Man, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh my god! Yeah, I forgot we haven't talked about that on the podcast. Yeah, we so. haven't got to talk about that yet, and all my excitement that. Yeah, yeah. He so. acknowledged. I was like, that means he copied that picture and took time to put it into a collage. Yeah, so there's there's a good chance he knows you interviewed his friends. Yeah, there has <laughs> to be. Like, come on, I. I mean, I'm sure there's something with. I mean, why would he use you? He's probably seen you on there on popping up on his timeline a lot. I would hope so. I mean, we tag him and everything. I'm basically <laughs> I'm standing outside your window throwing rocks, Rob. I got the boombox on my shoulder, and I just need you to come out and talk to me. <laughs> He's like, here you go, kid. You can be in a collage. That's all I need. Just <laughs> throw me a bone. Please, please, please. <laughs> Why couldn't he be yelling at me at that red carpet? That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. I watched for the. Oh, we didn't talk about that. No, on we air. didn't talk okay. about that on air. Uh, before we got on here, we were talking. Uh, I watched a, a little bit of some footage from the Three from Hell premiere mm-hmm. uh, where there was crowds of people waiting for the stars to show mm-hmm. up and get mm-hmm. stuff signed. Right. And just the sheer, like. Good lord. Lunacy. The lo- yes, that is a perfect word for it. There was one person just standing there while Rob's trying to have a conversation with somebody going, please, please. <laughs> and he turns around and starts mocking the yeah. guy back going, please, please. <laughs> so just so you know, don't be that guy. So October please. 14th, please, please. <laughs> October 14th, it's back in theaters. October 15th, you can own it for yourself. Ooh. You can pre-order it right now. 
Mm-hmm. So I go ahead that. and do that. It's number three currently on the most pre-ordered movies on IMD or on iTunes. Yeah, I just saw so. it on uh, Apple TV the other day, and I was like, oh snap! So it's time. Right. October fifteenth. October fifteenth. It's out. I'll be dope. So I think it's time now to uh, give some thanks. Give some thanks nice. to the people that make this show happen. Yeah. The Black Cat Curiosities and Oddities in Oneida, Tennessee, also owners of Outbreak on Main Haunted House. They are putting on the Oneida Zombie Fest this Saturday, October 12th. Make sure you come out to that. Go visit them out in Oneida. Great store, great bunch of shops, just awesome people all around. Our newest sponsors that we've snagged up for the show, we have Monster Mash Burgers Mm, out in Sevierville. Oh, my God. All their food is named after different classic monsters and cryptids. So please get out there and (laughs) keep a lookout because we're going to be doing some meet and greets with some people out there. That'll be fun. uh, Coming up. So Monster Mash Burgers out in Sevierville. Go see them. Absolutely. And uh, you'll have a new list of cryptids for your monster. Yes, finally. I'll have a new list of cryptids. Um, speaking of cryptids, otherworldly coffee, Ooh. they keep us jacked up, man. They've stuck jacked. in there with us. They're, they're great people. And if you want to get some of this coffee for yourself, use code outlander at checkout. That's outlander, all caps at checkout for 20% off your first order. Yeah. So all, all caps, make sure you all it. caps or it won't work. Won't work. <laughs> also our new t-shirt guy, Goblin Hoss. Awesome horror merch, mm-hmm. awesome patches, t-shirts. I get all my patches and shirts from Goblin Hoss. Nice. Like, great guy, super great guy. He was at CreepyCon with us. Mm, nice. uh, yeah. He just makes original horror merch. Yes, and a lot of nice. stuff from classic horror movies, too. Nice, nice. So anything classic horror that you could want, mm-hmm. Goblin Hoss. There you go. That's Goblin, H-A-U-S, mm-hmm. Goblin Hoss. And the Mystic Orb out there in Clinton, Tennessee, 405 Cullum Street. They have all kinds of different uh, natural beauty products, handmade gemstone jewelry, rough tumbled gemstones, uh, tons of metaphysical stuff, vintage items, antiques. Great little shop. Swords. Swords. Knives. Yeah, <laughs> knives. There are knives there. Terry came in. Terry finally came to see the Mystic Orb. and like, You got American Eagle knife? That's badass, bro. See, anything anybody could want, we have it at the Mystic Orb. <laughs> so, That's sweet. So definitely come out and see us out there. And now, I think it is finally time to go in to some tasty poncho molar interviews. Ooh. And then I think we'll finish it off with a nice... Uh, Red Devon Klon nice, interview, nice. you know. I think, and and for us here at Scared Stupid, thank you so much for tuning in with us, still, guys. I, like, really, the listeners out there is what makes this all worth doing. So let us know, you know, review us. Let us know how you're liking the podcast. Let us know if there's anything you'd like to hear, mm-hmm. anything, any guest you'd like to see. Reach right. out to us. Mm-hmm. Let us know because we want you happy. Mm-hmm. Like, subscribe, review, all that good shit. That's right. And go ahead and click that bell at the bottom so you get notified. No, I'm Ball kidding. Camera. You don't have to do that. <laughs> oh, my God. You won't believe what happened to me today. <laughs> <laughs> click here. What's up, fam? <laughs> See, I'll never call you fam, but I will call you my funky fiends. Thanks. So sit right back, my funky fiends, and enjoy these Poncho Molar interviews and Heather and Jason Devan from the Devan clan, writers, directors, and actress stars of Along Came the Devil 2. Welcome back, everybody. Your host, as always, here, Chris Bell, with another exciting installment of Scared Stupid. Joining me now today is none other than Dr. Death himself, Mr. Poncho Moeller. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
How you doing, Poncho? Oh, man, I'm doing really good. Thank you for the amazing introduction. Yeah, everything is good here. I'm glad to be on your podcast and be a part of this show. Man, let's rock and roll. Let's do it, man. So... I myself have been a big fan of yours for quite some time. I remember you back when you were uh, in the skateboarding days. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I used to watch a lot of your skate videos that you <laughs> that you posted up. Yeah, were you a skateboarder? I was. Awesome, man. That's great. Oh yeah. yeah so you're in the family. Oh yeah, the skater family. <laughs> yeah, of course. And it is. It's definitely a very commu- a very family based community. No, exactly. I mean, it, 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 even if it's like you listen to different music or you're into different things, come up from a different background. If you skateboard, it's like you have that thing in common that you. It's something you could always talk about. So that's what I really loved about the skateboard community growing up. Right, and I guess a lot of people don't know uh, that you were a skateboarder coming up. Yeah, but no, I, I guess uh, I mean they don't. I I, I mean that my 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 close friends do, but a lot of my actor friends they they have no idea. I don't. It's nothing. It's not. It's nothing. I really talk about. I mean, I will always love skateboarding. It will always be my number one, my first and number one passion. But as far as like with acting, it's just kind of a completely different world. So I never really bring it up unless somebody knows about me or they ask. Right. So, <clears throat> Poncho, how'd you get your start in acting? Uh, yeah, that's a good question. So, uh, when my skateboard career started to die around that, like about about uh, 2004-ish, I believe, um, I was dating this girl at the time. This girl, uh, I'm not going to, it was one of my ex-girlfriends, and we were living in uh, San Jose area. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and also San Francisco area and I kind of just needed to get out of there and she was a costume designer at the time really good at her job and we decided to move to LA you know and I was fully supportive of her she was really uh, and so we made the trek down here and kind of that's how I was introduced into the whole acting world I had to find like a normal job first thing I uh, first job I ever really had I never considered skateboarding a job even though I was getting paid for it so I found a normal job in a restaurant and it was right on Sunset Boulevard the Saddle Ranch and lots of industry people go in and out of there right and so I met a manager and he took a liking to me and asked me if I would ever consider acting and thought about it for a few days and you know had his card and gave him a call and we kind of went from there and that's kind of how uh, I started. That's how that, the, the addiction happened. That's how it's it just the, the passion. Like one door closes, and another one opens. That's how that started to slowly emerge. That's awesome. I saw I saw one of the first things you did was an episode of All That. Yeah, no, you know what? That was like, uh, I, I did that. It was a long time ago, and I just played a ghost. You didn't even see my face. I had like a sheet over my, my face. Uh, like, it was just, they wanted like a smaller ghost. So that's what I, uh, that was one of the first things I ever did. I, I, I can't believe I was ever even credited for it. But then after that, the, the, the thing I, because, yeah, you couldn't even see who I was. 
the thing that really like made me passionate about acting was uh, I, I I did a John Mellencamp music video. It's like the second thing yes. I ever did. I see that. It was that. called Walk Tall. Yes. It was called Walk Tall, and it was like a whole reverse on racism thing. Uh, where if what if everybody was against you know someone different like me, and right. so I really enjoyed kind of doing it, and just at the same time I. Uh, I loved like when they edited and like the the final the version of it, and I got to see it and like how it made me feel and how I looked on the screen, and just uh, you know the the look of it and just right. I, I I never saw myself doing that, and so being able to witness it and and, and see it and and then you know work with a wonderful director like Chris Milk, who's directed a, a bunch of music videos, it, it was just kind of. Uh, it was like a life changer. It was like a, an epiphany moment that I had where I'm like, this is what I want to do. I right. want to do this. This is, yeah. And so that's kind of, but I also realized that I really, I needed a lot of work. Right. Coming from a skateboard background, it's like, you know, you're not very vulnerable ever. You're, you, you don't like to show that like right. sensitive side of yourself. So with acting, you definitely have to be like accept that and, and be emotionally vulnerable and attach to your uh, uh, like be able to trigger those feelings when necessary. Right. And so that was really hard for me to do at first. And so I started taking a bunch of acting classes. I actually spent every last cent on different acting classes and studying different techniques with different teachers. And then one thing that led to another. I heard about the actor studio, which is a place that you can only audition for you can't pay money wow to get in and about like six years ago i auditioned for it and just to help a friend out and i ended up become a working finalist and that meant i never had to spend money on classes ever again what? and i was getting taught by some of the greatest some some of the greatest actors of all time and after five years of being taught there, I, I took my final audition and I became a lifetime member of the Actors Studio. It's, you know, so it was it was a huge accomplishment for me. It was like I graduated college or something, even though <laughs> it's nothing like college. You know, I'm not spending a bunch of money. Right. But it, it was just such a um, it, it was just a, a very big accomplishment for me. Just as just like as skateboarding was, you know, I, I was yeah. like, wow, I did. I focus on something, I put all my time and effort into it, and it came out. So that's kind of how acting came about for me. Well, see, you've re I mean, you've had such an awesome career already, and I know you, you kind of started in some comedies and stuff like that, but you've really found some footing in the horror genre. Yes, I sure did. I sure did. Which is really crazy to me. Because I'm such a nice guy, I'm not right. a scary guy whatsoever, but, uh, you know, uh, you just kind of take what you get and you make the best out of it, and I feel like all of us have, you know, your, your, some darkness inside of us, and right. a lot of us are afraid to show that, but I always, I've always been told by teachers that don't be afraid to show that, especially on screen and on stage, it's an asset. It's what's going to separate you from everybody else. So, definitely, you know, like I said, I, I I allowed myself to be able to channel those feelings and those thoughts and that darkness and that rage, and 
it came up on the screen, and uh, you know, here we are. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I know you had you had an awesome little you had a, a role in American Horror Story there, yeah. And then you then your sick head. Then we cut to thirty one, yes. and yes. I loved the character of sick head because oh, I thank you. I found out after when uh, it during the. Uh, filming of the behind the scenes that Rob did not initially write in that the character of Sickhead spoke Spanish. He kind of learned no, that you did and was like, "Oh, that's great. No, just do that sometimes." Yeah, no, it was one of those things where you know, uh, like I uh, we, we went from American Horror Story and then slowly I got to audition for this film where I was going to play a killer clown. <laughs> and I ended up, I, I had no idea, like it didn't say, it was just an uncredited film, the director, there was no name of the director, usually you know what you're auditioning for, like American Horror Story, I knew right. I was auditioning for American Horror Story, this, I had no idea, but oh, after wow. I booked the role, I found out it was a Rob Zombie film, and I was always <laughs> just a huge fan of his music growing up, just right. from skateboarding, you know, you need that oh, yeah. motivational, that hardcore, like, Oh, yeah. music to get you pumped and so I was a huge fan of his films as well Devil's Rejects is one of my favorite films of all time absolutely but so when I found out I booked a Rob Zombie film and he hadn't he hadn't done a film for like four years because right. uh, before that it was uh, Lord of Salem yeah I was super pumped man I was excited you know, <clears> to I bet. be a part of that world it was a lot of pressure too and I was very intimidated very nervous, and we went to uh, a lighting test where I was going to meet Rob. Uh-huh. He was going to show me, tell me about the character, what he wants from the character. He was all, we were going to have the lighting test basically test out the makeup, how the makeup looks when you get hit, because they were wanting to use more of a Heath Ledger makeup from uh, the Joker. Okay. Where it's kind of more powdery, so when you get hit, it flakes off. You can see the dust and the light. Yeah. And I also wanted to see how the cameras, how, how everything was working, how your voice is, you know, reacting. And then that's when he also told me, you know, you're going to play a Nazi Hitler clown. I was a little bit, like, distraught by that because I, I, I just wasn't sure, like, if this was a right move for me. Well, yeah. In, in a sense that, you know, you get so, you know, and, I mean, the critics you know, can be crazy, and I, I just don't want to offend anybody, but then exactly. I also thought, you know, like, if I get to impersonate a killer, like, what an opportunity to be able to play, a, like, a, 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 like Hitler, like, my impersonation of a Hitler clown with Rob Zombie's right. demented, <laughs> disturbing vision added to it, you know, it's just the icing on the cake, so as soon as I, I, I felt that, and, um, I was able to, you know, just accept it and be like, let's, 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 let's do this all the way, Rob. And, you know, so I was, I, I, I was game for it. And then that's when he was like, I see that Spanish, let's try some of your dialogue in Spanish. So, uh, so I, I tried it out a little bit and I was a little bit like, uh, I was having trouble at first because langu- uh, Spanish is my first language. Yeah. But sometimes when you're translating the words from and you're in your head and you're trying to remember the dialogue, and uh, 
from from the audition and also and then working because we still weren't going to shoot for another couple weeks right so they're just these are just all tests are running and then usually like the, the week before you get to like work on your dialogue i had like so it was just like but me being a hungry actor being newer fresher like it just all the dialogue was already there but still trying to like kind of translate it in my head like in like a matter of like you know, couple like a couple minutes, and and then and then and then spitting the dialogue out with like this like emotion that Rob wanted. I was having a little trouble, and that's when Rob pulled me aside and was like, "Listen, dude, this is your time. Take like take your actor's freedom and just do what you do. You know, you yeah. you, you you know, we're just trying this out. It's it's not. This isn't what it's going to be." And so, man, like for a director like Rob, just to be so cool and just chill like that, right? It, it just—he's like, take a deep breath and just, you know, do this. And so I did that, and then I also realized that every, uh, like, I, I, once I saw past all the lights, I was like, everyone here doesn't even know any Spanish whatsoever. They're not going to know <laughs> what I'm saying. They're not because I don't want to disrespect Rob's dialogue, but at the same time, I'm like, this is kind of making things a little harder on me. Right. So that's when I was just like, you know, no one knows what I'm saying. I'm just going to say the worst things ever. I'm not going to get in my head. <laughs> and, and, and let's see what, what happens. And when I allowed myself to do that, that's when Sickhead just came to life. Well, Bob you... yelled, cut, and he's like, all your dialogue is Spanish. Now like the most fucked up shit I've ever seen. <laughs> Good job. Let's, you know, your dialogue is Spanish. So, <laughs> You know, that was, it was just, I mean, it was the uh, first time I ever got to work on something really big like that. And right. And then, you, I so, mean, you knocked it out of the park, and, and too. And the genre and representing Rob Zombie. Right. And that was like a huge release and, and pressure and weight off my back. Well, yeah. And then, and then it just became fun. And that's how it should be. And you can tell you had fun with the character. Oh, yeah, we had fun. <laughs> it would be like Rob, like. You know, you know, you want to, you want me to tell you what I'm saying to your wife in English? You want me to translate that? He's like, fuck no, just keep doing what you're fuck doing. Fuck no, just like, keep okay, going. Cool. <laughs> yeah, just keep going. <laughs> and but Sherry was really awesome to work with as well, you know. She was just, everybody was just, they knew. I was the only one that even auditioned for the film. Rob recycles all his actors. Right. So, you know, I was the only guy that was put to this test. Right. And, you know, brought on. Everybody else was just already there. They robbed already worked with them on a few movies. Right. They had a couple movies with Rob and their belt, you know, and I'm doing a lot of my scenes with Sherry and a couple of the other people. So I, I, I wanted to, to do it justice and make it work. And then Sherry was also cool because there was a couple scenes in 31 where Rob and Sherry talked to me. They're like, how, like, I want Sherry to be able to, like, you know, respond to you in Spanish. Like, what would she say to you here? What would she say? And then she learned Spanish really quick. You know, it wow. wasn't that great. <laughs> but, you know, it was good enough. It was, it was fine, and it worked. Well, then he's got so you playing. 31. Right. Then he's got you playing Sebastian in Three from Hell, which is completely polar opposite of Sick Ed. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sebastian's this yeah, sweet... That, the way- yeah, no, Sebastian's character, uh, after we did 31, you know, it was, I was introduced into this horror convention world that I had no idea existed, and I'm just so 
such a fan of it. And, you know, all, all all the people that go to these are just so great, so loyal, and I've been treated really well by all the fans. Right. And the, the Rob Zombie cult following is oh, yeah. <laughs> amazing to be a part of that. So how Three from Hell with Sebastian's character came about was I got a, um, a I got an email from Rob saying it's movie time again. And <laughs> like, I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, my Devil's Reject film, which I already told you was one of my favorite ones. Right. Uh, but uh, we're doing a follow-up to the Devil's Reject. I wrote a pretty badass part for you. Like, I wrote it for you. Like, oh, my God. Awesome. <laughs> I, uh, it's the complete opposite of your character's sick head. I want to <laughs> see what you can do for it. He explained the character to me, and... I was just so, you know, just just so ecstatic. It was one of those moments, those surreal moments where I was like, I, I, I'm a professional actor now. Like, this yes. is really happening. Holy shit. <laughs> and so he told me about Sebastian's character. And the, the, the funny thing is he ended the email with like, and one thing, he's like, we're not shooting for like a month and a half. But is there, is, is there any way that you can just start growing your beard out? <laughs> and I was like, of course. And so that whole beard that I have in, uh, as Sebastian character, that's my beard. That's as long as I've what? ever grown my beard. The only thing that was like different was they added the long hair to me. I don't have long hair. Right. But that beard was mine. It was crazy. So you grew a good beard, Poncho. Yeah, going through, <laughs> the, going through the process and like just becoming the character was pretty awesome. And it was it was also awesome in the sense that some of the stuff in the movie, I mean, people have seen them already, but Sebastian is a town muralist. He paints all the murals in town. He's right. an artist. You got to see that a little bit. Of the other did not make it in. You kind of get to see that side of Sebastian a little bit more, which is okay, you know, because we, what was what I saw when I went to the premiere, it was amazing what Rob did with like, just that scene with me and Sherry was just so, man, it was, it, it was, it, it, it had so much heart in there. Absolutely. That chemistry. So that, that was great to see, but Sebastian's character is just, you know, this guy that's been through a lot in life and he's super hairy and has an <laughs> eye patch and a long scar going down his face. The town muralist, no one, no one, like he, no one, everyone looks down on him except Sherry. Sherry's the only one that really accepts him. Even the right. other dude is like, they're okay with them. Right. Now, they're okay enough with them where they're not going to kill him. Right. You know, but Sherry's <laughs> character, like, we just uh, built this friendship. I, I don't think everybody, uh, I've done a couple interviews where they're like, was there like a love there, like a love interest? I'm like, oh, no way. It was, it was like a brotherly love. She was right. like a sister that I never had. I always wish I did, you know. Well, yeah. So then you have a breakout role. You had two big releases this year, basically within the same week, <laughs> with Candy yes. Corn. Yes. Uh huh. And we yeah. got to talk Candy to Josh Hasty uh, not too long ago, and Josh was telling us how much fun he had working with you, how much he enjoyed working with you. So tell us a little bit about the character of Doctor Death. Okay, Doctor Death. Yeah. So. Josh developed this movie about, he wrote this movie about three years ago, maybe a little longer. I met Josh doing uh, 
the behind the scenes of In Hell Everybody Loves Popcorn on yeah. 31. And that's how I met Josh, because he shot that, and we just became intimate friends and just stayed in touch after the movie was done. And he contacted me and said, I, I wrote this role for you the, for this movie. I'm not sure what the name is yet, but we're going to figure it out. But this is the guy I want you to play. And slowly he kind of just started developing. And uh, Dr. Death, he's... Uh, He's the leader of a tra traveling carnival. He takes his job very seriously. He's arrogant, <laughs> confident, yet he's loyal to all his workers and to his lifestyle. And he's got a very specific view on the world, but all the people that work for him become his family. He wears face paint, and, you know, <laughs> his real name is Lester, but... Yeah. You know, when he when he puts that paint on, he becomes Dr. Death. That's his stage character. That's his stage name. That's, like, what he goes by by all his workers except his really close friend that's been right. with him, like, since birth, which is uh, Bishop Gates, uh, Tony, Tony Todd's Todd. character and that. And that was amazing to be able to work with that guy. Talk about, like, a professional actor. Jesus, that guy's on another level of acting, man. I learned <laughs> so much from him just working with him, like, a few times. So uh, that was, and I hope to work with him again, but that's how Dr. Death came about, and that's his character as far as uh, what who he is and how I can explain him. Right. You know, he's got a very dark side, which we all do, which was what I was talking about earlier, and this was the perfect character to be able to uh, bring that bring that out, you know, in a, in, a, in, a, in a more calm way as opposed to with Sickhead. He was just... Out right. of his mind, psychopath, you know. You, this guy was more just calm, dark, and just uh, always the dude that knew more than anybody else in the room. Just Right, and you really and, can tell that. Yeah. yeah, thank you, thank you, I appreciate that. Did you? So you liked the movie? Oh, I loved the movie. I, I We actually got to screen it there before it came out, and then uh, I, of course, pre-ordered it as soon as it became available. So I got my copy in the mail the other day. Awesome. I'm glad. Yeah, a lot of people are posting on Instagram that they got their copy because, you know, it was such a long time in the making. Well, like in the sense that, you know, we did this crowdfunder and about three years ago with this, like the, the resurrection scene. And, right. and, you know, all these people believed in it and they started, you know, throwing money at us and putting money into the film. And they were promised all these Blu-rays or DVDs when the film came out. And now I'm so happy that everybody got their blu-ray oh it's yeah rad. it's a good feeling and I, I i i hope that you know people understand that these things like especially passion projects like this they they take a long time to make we were going through hell with producers right you know jumping on and then trying to take creative control and we weren't having that josh wasn't having that he had his view of what he wanted the film to be and that's what it was going to be and if you're not going to do it that way then we'll find somebody else that will. And that's how we did, and I'm really, really glad he did it. The only thing is it just took a little longer, but it's okay. Right. I'm glad that everyone's getting their DVDs now and they're enjoying it, and they're going to cuddle up with their loved ones or their friends and watch this on Halloween night. That's it's right. fucking awesome. It's an instant classic <laughs> now that people have to watch yeah. on Halloween. So, Poncho, do you have anything coming up that you'd like to plug? Uh, right now, I, I got a couple pilots that are sitting, sitting, like, in the shelves, like, they're comedies, 
you know, believe it or not, I, I do comedy. That's one of the things that I love most. Um, but, you know, we take what we get and we make the best out of it. So I got a couple pilots, but I, I, I'll also, I start shooting this, uh, this film in a couple weeks, uh, in like uh, a couple weeks with the guy that played Gus. Yes. From uh, Candy Corn, uh, Sky Elabar, the Greasy Strangler. Oh, yeah. I'm shooting this film with him. I start shooting a film with him called uh, Ben Evans Makes a Film. And that will be more of a darker, darker, I guess, darker comedy horror kind of thing. I see. Um, and that, that, yeah, and that will be at, uh, at in the middle middle of October when we start shooting that. So that's, I, I, I feel that, you know, I want, I want these other films to live and breathe for a little bit to see what else will, will come about. Right. I, I feel like it's, you know, you're always waiting for the, the movies to come out very patiently. You're always waiting for the movies to come out. And once they come out, sometimes they can catapult you to the next level or they can get more eyes on you from people seeing your performances. I'm always one of those guys that likes to, uh, let the work speak for itself, but sometimes, Absolutely. You know, you, nowadays you gotta just network and network and network, and that is still a little hard for me to, to like, just, you know, accept and digest, right. but I'm getting better at it, and I, I think with all these interviews and stuff, it's given me a chance to, to speak about, you know, like the projects that are coming out and what's, yeah. in, the, what's in the works. Right. We're definitely glad you took time to talk to us today. What kind of social media? I know you're on Instagram. You're only on Instagram, aren't you? Yeah, I I, I am only on, I'm I'm on Twitter too. Twitter too. I don't really post too many things on Twitter, but it's the same. I have the same handle name as Instagram, which is Poncho Moller P. That's just a P at the end of Poncho Moller, and that's where you can reach me. You can DM me. You can tag me and stuff. And oh try to get back to you right you're a busy man thank you so much poncho it's so nice to meet somebody in the family on your show (laughs) oh it was a pleasure man and hopefully we can talk to you again when some of these other films start coming out yes we will we will I'll, i'll talk to you soon appreciate it man hey thanks so much buddy you have an awesome night you too bye bye Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, your host here, as always, on Scared Stupid, Chris Bell. I am joined now by Heather and Jason Devon of the Devon Clan Productions. I gotta ask you, is it Devon or is it Devan Clan? It's Devan Clan. It's either. I mean, you know, Devan Clan I heard it. I, I've heard your name said a bunch of different ways, and I was like, you know, I like Devan Clan better than Devon Clan. Right, excellent. Then I am on with Heather and Jason Devan of Devan (laughs) Clan Productions. How are you guys doing today? We are doing great, Chris. How are you? I am so good, and I am so happy that you guys are here joining me today. For our listeners out there that don't know, Mr. Jason Devan is writer, director, and producer. Uh, he was in Dead Space 2. They wrote, he wrote a movie called Along Came the Devil, and now he has written a movie called Along Came the Devil 2. His wife, Heather, was in the film Mindless. She was the original actress for the Nutella National commercial, as well as starring in Along Came the Devil and Along Came the Devil 2. 
So you guys are like the power couple here, doing everything. <laughs> so is it? Uh, yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. I'm a little taken. Yeah, enjoy working together. Well, see, I mean, that's awesome. You guys get to do things together, and I know you've even uh, gotten to do some work with your son Tristan in uh, Someday Hero. He played the younger version of you in that movie, right, Jason? Well, see, that's so cool to get to work with your family. our job, Right, when you get to work yeah. with your family. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And, and without, you know, they, the kids have grown up in the industry as, as actors, our whole family, you know, we step from actors. It makes it an easy choice, you know, when we have a role that we need filled, uh, we can trust that they can pull it off, pretty much. Right, see, you, are, you already just have, like, a whole sideline worth of actors ready to go. At any at any time. That's right. <laughs> so this this all started. Along came the devil. Yeah, you got you wrote that. You got did you co-write that together? Yeah, um, it was originally called "Tell Me Your Name." The first one. I don't know if uh, you remember or if anybody remembers that, but that it yes. was uh, just an idea that I had while. Well, we were filming Mindless, um, and woke up in the middle of the night and told my wife that we started a treatment on it and had this idea, um, and it was actually based on a family, so a lot of those two events were from that family, and we kind of took some of that to save the integrity of the family and changed some of the story, you know, so we didn't get too much of their life away, um, but then moving into part two, it made it easy because we weren't shackled to part one we were able to answer some of the questions that fans had from part one, tell some of the story that we didn't get a chance to tell in part one, uh, and take it into a surprising direction that, that fans are, are really going to enjoy in this one. We were able to raise the stakes and push the, you know, the envelope. Oh, I agree 100% with that. I actually uh, I had the privilege of sneaking into the Devan Clan secret vault and taking a sneak peek at Along Came the <laughs> Devil 2. So. Yeah. Yeah, so so I have gotten to see it, and man, I, I got to say, wow, like you guys really did it uh, with this one, and the practical effects that are in it are, I'm a huge fan of practical effects, absolutely love them, and you guys killed it on the practical effects. Aww, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we really, that's what we wanted, that's yeah. what we were going for, the people who, you know, don't want much of CGI or, or visual effects, just enjoy the practical, so it feels you know, that, that real feeling, and that's what we went for. I mean, I've noticed that a lot of times when actors can use practical effects in the film, it makes the scene feel more real. I mean, you don't have to pretend like blood's spilling out of your guts or something when you actually have guts spilling out of you. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> we agree. And that's what we, we went for. Absolutely. So I know that you you did say the first one was based on true events. So did you kind of carry any of those true events over into the second part, or did you use that second part to kind of tell your own story? Um, well, you know, obviously for the first part, uh, we had changed some names around too with some of the family and some of the story, and, and so we wanted to stay true uh, so that it would be a true sequel uh, with Jordan coming home from college and what happened to young Ashley and what she went through in part one. Um, but then, obviously, we were able to take our story and say, you know, 
we can tell our own story now. We can branch off and take this in the direction of us being horror fans ourselves um, and give kind of horror fans that surprise element of what they want to see. And, you know, raise the stakes with the violence and the scares and, and take it more into a psychological horror feeling too as well. And that's what, you know, that's what we set out to do and we feel like we uh, achieved that for the most part. You definitely did. I know. Uh, I know Heather painted quite the terrifying picture there uh, in her scenes in the woods. Yeah, that was fun. Well, I was going to ask you: Was that fun? You looked like you were having a, a, a little bit too much fun with that. Yeah, it, 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 it was. It was amazing. It was a fun time. I, I literally so. Dang, I almost passed out. I can't say except for when I have to scream so much. So Bruce, it was <laughs> Jason was directing us, and Bruce was standing right in front of me, and he was like, it's kind of encouraging me because um, in that scene, it was it's, it's such an intense scene without saying anything. It's got to be all in your eyes. And so Bruce and I had this like nice, you know, heart to heart talk, and then Jason came over, and he was kind of directing us in that scene. And then as soon as they said action, I I went for it, and then I didn't stop until Jason said cut. And then I, I literally almost passed out. I was like, after a few takes, yeah, it was. I gave it my all. You definitely did, and good lord, you had to do that through a few takes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, so <laughs> we got a, a couple different angles from that. Yeah. So you had to scream quite. But everyone that. on set said that if they were like getting goosebumps and chills, so. Oh yeah, you definitely have to look out for that because it's such an unexpected kind of moment too. Just all of a sudden when it happens, <laughs> so and I, I mean the makeup in this movie too is off the charts. Like I said, you don't you you don't rely on any kind of CGI or anything like that. Um, is is this a typical makeup artist that you work with, or did you uh, did you kind of hire somebody? Yeah. So we uh, work with George Prouster. Um, he, he did our makeup too in, in part one, and uh, he was able to. We feel like he, you know, obviously stepped up his game and raised the bar uh, for everybody on this one too. That I think people are really going to enjoy his work. Um, and he's from the Sci Fi Channel Face Off. I don't know if people remember him from. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He won the All Stars in Sci Fi Face Off Channel. Um, he's he's on. Absolutely, I do remember him now. I remember Face Off when it first started yeah, hitting. The, yeah, remember he's the one with the mohawk and the big beard. Oh yeah. And see, that makes it that makes projects like this all the more fun. because that is an absurd amount of time to be able to squeeze something like this out. Yeah. That's, yeah. 
It's quite... uh, and I think we just were really prepared, everybody. Yeah, was, was excited to do it. Yeah, really prepared, and it shows. I think in the movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, what kind of uh, what kind of inspiration do you draw from? Like, what are your favorite horror movies? When you think back to scary movies, what are your, what are some of your favorites? Uh, for me, uh, I mean, I'm just a fan. I I, I was just saying to somebody the other day. I remember being 12, 13, um, and going into the video stores and telling my kids we would rent videotapes. And we would stay at each my friends. We would stay at each other's houses, and we would rent as many horror movies as we could, and just literally watch through them, good or bad. And it, and it, it kind of uh, gives you all these different elements of horror. Um, and obviously, in this one, we were truly inspired by The Shining. Um, yes, it had that, that feel and that element, you know. And at the same time, when I was working on my shot list, the shot list tells so many stories of so many horror movies. Um, obviously, The Shining in there, but um, there were movies. I don't even know if people remember the movie called Summer Party Massacre. Oh, yeah. Uh, I saw when I was it, That freaked me out. There's a back, even in part two of The Long Kid the Devil. Um, there's an homage to the original Dracula. Yes. With, uh, some of the shots and the shadowing going upstairs. And, you know, so there's a lot that horror fans will see or feel very familiar with when they watch this film. I agree. As a horror fan myself, I can agree with that 100%. You definitely knocked it out of the park with your shots. So, so, real quick, tell me how the Devan Clan Productions got started. Okay, so really quick, this is kind of a, you know, our background is acting and then um, on that side of the camera and uh, my son actually booked a job with playing opposite uh, Michael Bean. Oh, and, yes. Um, I don't know if you know Michael. Yeah, so he played in, in him in a production and just sitting there and elaborating. We were close with them as friends and everything and we kind of knew we had filmmaker friends, and they were kind of our filmmaker friends that kind of thought we had great ideas for certain things, and they're the first ones to kind of welcome us in and, and basically show us that we were able to make films yeah. and kind of get us into making films. Right. So uh, that was our that first production with them, but then my wife and I said, I think we can do this. Yeah. We had our own ideas, and, uh, and, and while shooting the film Mindless, actually with them, uh, that's when we had come up with the idea, the original idea of Tell Me Your Name. Um, so oh. Kind of yeah. So kind of just fell, you know, just because we're being in the industry, it just, Jason has always had such great ideas as a, a filmmaker and he's more of a visionary that it just, you know, once he started to doing the directing aspect of things, it, it just kind of fell into place and... As a writer, and I'm obsessed with, with like, also cameras yeah, and lenses yeah. and all that stuff. It kind of made an easy transition of what we knew, what we were capable of. And then I think now we're finally getting a chance to do it. I agree with it. It's been fun watching everything that you guys have done. And Heather and Jason, go ahead and tell the people out there where they can find you and where they can see Along Came the Devil 2. So Along Came the Devil 2 is coming to select theaters October 11th and video on demand, which is iTunes, Amazon, um, 
you know, any video on demand kind of thing that you can see. And you can see us at a, a, the Van Clamp. We're on Instagram, the Van Clamp Productions, and also uh, Along Came the Devil, the movie on Instagram. Excellent. So there you have it, listeners. Get out there on video on demand right now and watch Along Came the Devil, the first part, and then October 11th in select theaters and on video on demand, you have a chance to see Along Came the Devil 2. Get out there and see this film. Take it from me. You're not going to regret it. Heather and Jason, thank you so much for joining us here today. I appreciate it so much. Well, real quick before we go, would you tell the listeners out there to, to listen to Scared Stupid? Uh, absolutely. Hey, listeners, do not forget to listen to Scared Stupid. I love the name, Scared Stupid. You got to listen to them. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. I hope you have an awesome time today. I hope you have a wonderful day. And I can't wait for everybody to get out there and see Along Came the Devil too. Thanks, Thanks, Chris. Have a great day. See you later.